Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Sports Cage Podcast is brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. Order your favorite CBH menu items from the comfort of your home with Skip the Dishes. Here's your host, Derek Taylor. 405 on a Wednesday. It's the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Your direct line to the show is the Capital GMC text line at 306-936-6262. It's powered by Capital GMC Buick Cadillac, Saskatchewan's number one dealership. This show is packed. Darnell Sankey, 415. Farhan Lalji, 430. Braden Muscoey ahead of their first game at the tanker tomorrow. Ian McMillan, Connor Bedard on that unbelievable goal coming at 6.05, and you being with us, and Clayton Croker, who, well, Clayton's a little sad today. The player he wants to be like when he grows up, Isaac Harker, moving on from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, Clayton, uh, my condolences to you and yours. This, this is a trying, trying time. As Sarah McLaughlin would say, I will remember you. Isaac Harker signing with the BC Lions. That was, uh, I didn't I t- didn't entirely know what to expect, but BC going with Harker, O'Connor, Rourke, the the whole group. Honestly, I'm I'm happy to see Isaac get a get a job in the uh, CFL and continue his his pursuit of a, of a quarterback job because he's had some pretty exciting moments for us so far. I like his release. I like his footwork. I just <laughs> And I like Nathan Rourke and Michael O'Connor as well, but that quarterback room in BC, not a lot of experience in there, DT. Not a lot of experience in there. Which was the shocker of we, we kind of tried to pick what, what quarterback might they go to, what veteran might they bring in, right? Because it, it seems like that room could use a veteran. I was thinking maybe Matt Nichols, right? Possible. I mean, sure, he's got like 75% of his arm left and – that's a bit of an issue when you play quarterback, but I was kind of thinking maybe they bring him in, but no, they're going the opposite way. They're kind of, they're rolling the dice on a guy that has one, two games starting under his belt. Yeah. I, well, yeah. Harker, what won the final game, final regular season game of 19, a must win game or the riders won with him starting at quarterback. They lost the final game of this year in which Saskatchewan was not trying. So to, uh, to infer too much from that performance, which it wasn't a great game for Harker, but to to put too much of that on him, it seems harsh. So this move, the Riders letting him go, must come from somewhere else as well. Uh, he's he's shown some stuff. He can he can fling it, and he is not afraid. Like he is not. Some guys will be Charlie Checkdown when they get to to his level. Isaac Harker is not that. So he he's got some of the tools to make it go here in the CFL. So what do the Riders do now? Like, the quarterback market right now in the CFL is a little thin. Like, who, who are the Riders going with a backup? Are we fine with fine? Yeah, that's that'll be the question, right? The guy, the pivot point I think a lot of us were looking at was Trevor Harris. He re-signed in Montreal, I think, to just about everybody's surprise. Mm-hmm. So Cody Fajardo, Mason Fine, Paxton Lynch is still under contract to the Riders. 
would he be able to get into the country will become a whole other thing that things could change by May. Who knows what's what's happening there uh, or else they're probably going to. Well, they're going to market to find a young American to bring in. And yeah, right now, uh, other than again, maybe some random names, they pull in Edmonton and get JT Barrett or they get like a big <laughs> college name or something like that if they want to go the Chris Jones route. But uh, I was looking at the quarterback free agent list and right now it's just, yeah, when teams are signing Dominic Davis, you know yeah. that things are things are looking a bit iffy. Well, once Schiltz went to Hamilton, you went, oh, okay, mm-hmm. well that takes, a guy, that takes a guy around which there would have been some backup intrigue. That took him off the market. Dominic Davis is Dominic Davis. Um, yeah, there's not a ton. Calgary is locked down. Edmonton has 50 quarterbacks, but do you want any of them? I mean, you are obviously very high on Kai Loxley yesterday, but Loxley, I mean- <laughs> lock it in, <laughs> lock it in. Uh, it, we uh, the Riders letting go Isaac Harker. Harker finding a landing spot in BC. Congratulations to him. Hopefully uh, it works out for him there. Riders making one signing today. Wesley Lewis, wide receiver, drafted by the Ottawa Red Blacks in 2019. There are some big Canadian cats in this receiving core now with Lewis at six foot five, McKinnis at six foot five, uh, Schaefenbake at six foot four, and then, oh, by the way, Hardy and Picton each go about six foot two. Some, that's another big cat to throw into the room there. I didn't realize that Schaefer Baker was six foot four. He doesn't look like he's six foot four on the field. I, I just didn't realize he's that big. But I mean, that's not a bad problem to have a big physical receiving core. Yeah. That's uh, DBs are going to be looking over when they're warming up. They're going to be seeing all the eighty fives, the eighty twos, all the receiver numbers, and going, "Oh boy, we got to cover those guys today." Mm-hmm. Like. Uh, that's a bit and then duke williams too like again those are just our canadian guys our our american guys are monsters as well it's like we're it's like we're the monsters in space jam there you go and and shack while not overly tall that's a he is thick like he is thickly muscled through the top so there's the strength and then kyron moore is the change of pace right kyron moore when he gets back from that from that acl uh can be the the change of pace guy so the receiving core Getting well, Duke Williams took it back to just fine in my books. The the holes, there are still some that we will need to talk about. Where do you see them on the Riders? If you tell me linebacker, I'm going to tell you to go away. But where do you see the holes still on this linebacking, or pardon me, in this Riders roster? Hit me up on the text line at 306-936-6262. Your texts and calls throughout a very busy edition of the Sports Cage. One of the reasons there is not a hole at linebacker will be our next guest, Darnell Sankey. Recorded a little earlier, we talked to the Riders' new middle linebacker. This, this seems like a – we heard just a bit from him yesterday, Clayton. This seems like a super good dude. And honestly, one – fans will like – I feel like the media is going to very much enjoy Darnell Sankey being here. Well, he's already on everyone's good side because he said that the fan base was a reason he wanted to come here, right? He was like, it felt like a college atmosphere. So score one for him. He's already got brownie points complimenting the fans. And like, I didn't know that players actually took fan bases into consideration for free agency. Like, I wonder if he's just a rarity there or if other players are like, ah, it's between two teams. Ah, these fans are better. I'm going over there. Like, I wonder if that has any any merit when it comes to signing well we will hear it from the horse's mouth next darnell sankey the riders middle linebacker joins us next in the cage farhan lalji takes us around the league at 4 30. 
4-14 with the afternoon rush. The Montreal Canadiens have fired head coach Dominique Ducharme. The Habs have allowed 33 goals in their last five games, a franchise record, and uh, have just 23 points on this season, the worst in the NHL. The Canadiens have named Martin St. Louis their interim head coach, just out of nowhere. Canada picked up two more medals on day five of the Beijing Olympics. Speed skater Stephen Dubois uh, captured a silver medal, a silver medal zinger in the men's 1500 meter. And Marietta O'Dine uh, picked up bronze and women's snowboard cross. So Canada has eight medals, one gold, two silver, and five bronze. Curling Canada, Brad Gushu opened up the Beijing Olympics with a nice 10 to 5 win over Denmark on Wednesday, DT. I'm trying to do it in my head, and I don't know how you said silver medal. Yep. I can't do it. Silver, silver medal. I struggle with the R sometimes. <laughs> That's me right there. Do you have anything that you struggle with, Clayton, sometimes? Like, sometimes the R's, if I don't slow down and just think about it, 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 it turns into a... The word for me is community. I have to really slow down when I say community at work, because if really? I say it fast, it sounds like community. Community, community. Okay. So that's not good. Yeah, community. I have to really slow it down. My whole life, and my broadcast, uh, my broadcast teacher. Shout out Don Scott, Western Academy of Broadcasting. Huge just shout out. rip me apart. Rip me apart, man. <laughs> you can't say the word, Clayton. Figure it out. <laughs> Elementary school. My teacher sat me down with like a an R book, and she literally made made me sit there for like thirty minutes going. Rabbit. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Root beer. Root beer. Wow. My brother was the same. He couldn't say his R's. Did you have that nasty retainer that looked like swords coming out yep. of it? Yep. Nice. Yeah. Yep. And then, like, it would get your front and teeth down and everything. Yeah, oh, yeah. My brother was, was the same. Deep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, as a guy who consistently drops his ings and just goes ins and uh, someone, I was wearing Invisalign when I was doing Sports Center for a spell. And I got referred to as Sylvester the Cat more than a couple of times. I'm like, whatever. I'm wearing a Visalign and I'm on TV and you're not. So. <laughs> uh, update from the interwebs. Kyron Moore from this tweet appears to be changing his number. We will talk about that a little later on the cage. First up. Darnell Sankey, new middle linebacker for your Saskatchewan Rough Fighters. Our, our conversation from earlier today. Darnell Sankey, I just finished uh, watching Reacher on Amazon. It was an eight-episode thrill ride, but I need something else. What are you watching right now? Do you have a couple shows you can point me to? Yeah, I got a couple for you, man. First one's Vikings. Okay. I don't know if anybody here likes Vikings. You know, Vikings is one of my top shows. Uh, I'm, I'm into Sons of Anarchy is another one. Um, Mayans is another one. And then my girl has me watching freaking bachelor oh no you're in a bachelor <laughs> so i find myself watching it every monday now and sometimes she doesn't ask me so that may be a problem now uh, sons of anarchy uh have you seen it before or are you going through it for the first time no i've seen it i i, I, I watch it all the time sometimes i just randomly watch random episodes okay. i mean I'm, I'm a big sons of anarchy fan so okay so i, we I can... like the like the cast i like the plot everything we can discuss this then. I hated the ending of Sons of Anarchy. I loved the series, but it got a little uh, 
I don't know, murder porn by the end. And I, I honestly, when, when the ending, the final scene of the final episode came, I, I did not like it. Where were you on that one? Yeah, I didn't like it so much either. I think, uh, you know, it just it just got a little bit too much, you know. I, I mean, I don't want to give any spoilers, but definitely was a lot of scenes that I just feel like weren't necessary. You know, yeah. like they could have ended it in a different way. Um, you know, but I don't want to spoil it for any fans out there who possibly want to get into it. But uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the ending either. Okay, okay, but the first part, like the first few seasons, were fantastic. It was, it was, oh, so. Oh good. yeah. Yeah, Hi, yeah, I loved it. I yeah. loved it for sure. It gets a, uh, so it gets a recommendation from me and the new Rider Star. Very excited about this. Uh, Darnell, you talked a little bit about this yesterday, but was there a moment where you went, you know what, Saskatchewan would be a pretty cool place to play? Yeah, I did talk about it yesterday. I, I was uh, quoted on it by uh, the media team, I believe, and I mean, I'm telling you, when we had that playoff game there, there was just something – just something in the air that I was just like, dang, like this, this really reminds me of being back down south in the league. And uh, out of all the stadiums I've been to in Canada, that's definitely my top, you know, the top environment. The fans were amazing. Uh, you know, the music, everything, you know, just the environment there. I was just looking at them like, dang, like this will be, like you said, like a great place to play. And uh, then you guys beat us. <laughs> so... Um, you know, once off season came around, and uh, once free agency, you know, came around, and starting to get a little bit of interest, and staff came up, I was like, "Huh, okay, let's take a look." And then here we are, and and I think we're all happy with that. Did you know it was coming? Was there a chance you were going to be back in Calgary, or was it always kind of preordained that okay, we're going to go a different direction with Jameer, and it turned out to be Cam Judge? Um. That's a hard question. Uh, did I think I was getting re-signed by Calgary? In some ways, yes, early. Mm-hmm. But as you know, time went on, I think we came to the realization that maybe I'm a better fit elsewhere. And uh, you know, sometimes the business aspect doesn't line up. You know, I yeah. won't get too much into it, but uh, you know, sometimes you know, just business overrides a lot. So um, you know, nothing but love for the organization. They gave me a chance to play and. And, uh, you know, I did my thing, but it's time to move on, and now I'm a rough rider. So a year in, you're still kind of fresh to the Canadian Football League, but I'm curious if in that year, playing the Riders four times, what was the sense of the rivalry between the Stampeders and Riders that you got? What what was the sense of that rivalry? I guess I didn't really – I wasn't really too aware of it at first um, until we played them the second time. You know, once we played them the first time, it, to me it was just like another team. You mm-hmm. know, because I'm new, I didn't, I wasn't too aware. I was just like, hey, got to get ready for this good quarterback. You know, good O line, good offense, and heard some good things about the defense. But you know, uh, I knew that the coach was the head coach of Calgary's brother. Um, I didn't know too much about the rivalry until the second game came along, and I was like, oh, okay, okay, here we go. <laughs> and then the playoff game, yep, that was just like. You know, I love football, though. I love competing. I love everything about it. So the environment, you know, the game, passionate game, you know, I loved it. So, you know, I- I'm excited. I'm excited for sure. And, and um, you know, I'm excited to be a part of the team. Darnell Sankey, the new Riders linebacker with us on the Western Pizza Hotline. That playoff game, 
Um, it, it wasn't the prettiest game, but honestly, that was the most fun I've had at a CFL game in probably a decade. What was it like for you being on the field with all that going on? Man, the only few words can describe the, the feeling. You know, uh, just being in a playoff atmosphere was just amazing. You know, like from everything from the preparation to when we step out there, when the first kickoff happens and when it's my first time I step out there on defense, it's just like you can smell like the, you know, the the blood and the sweat, man. It's just <laughs> there's, there's nothing like it, man. I, I remember I was just having hair stick up because I was like, dang, this crowd is like really something, you know, and that's something that I'm actually really looking forward to coming in there. So, um, you know, coming there and leading the defense, I'm just – I'm ready. I'm ready to, to uh, you know, dive full in. Yeah, if you have any ins with Jonathan Moxie still, tell him not to pick off three passes the next time he's here, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I actually just talked to him the other day. He's a cool guy, man. Me and him are close, so uh you know, we got a little friendly, we got a little friendly competition now. So, that should be interesting. Uh it it absolutely will be. Uh Darnell, when you look at the Riders defense with with what you know of it, with what you've heard from uh, coordinator Jason Shivers, what do you see in it, and what do you see your role in it being? Uh, yeah, we had a uh, – me and Coach Cyrus had a good talk, and, uh, you know, the, also the linebacker coach, we had a good talk as well. And um, I, I see the defense as more of a simpler – simpler uh, game plan, but he allows the players to be um, – like more kind of leading themselves, you know. He, it seems like he gives the players a lot of free, a lot of free reign in the aspect of if you know what you're doing and you know the playbook and you know the calls, then go make a play. Okay. And I like that. You know, I like that. And uh, it, it just seemed to me like he wanted the captains on the defense and the leaders on the defense to kind of take the take the reins, and he didn't want to have to tell everybody every single thing to do. It's up to us to tell them what to do. You know, it's up to us to lead the team, lead the defense, and, uh, you know, make calls on the fly because we're football players. We're professional athletes, you know. So uh, I think that he trusts his players with that, and that's something that he definitely let me know ahead of time. The first conversation we had, he let me know that. So nice. uh, as myself, the role I feel like I'll have, um, I think that I'm going to come in there and, you know, I'm going to compete. And, uh, you know, lead the team, lead the defense, and lead us to a great cup. I like it. I like it. In in uh, tracking CFL last season, I was looking back at your your numbers. You, you had one sack, and by my count, you had nine, I think it was, quarterback pressures, which isn't an excessive number for a, a middle linebacker like uh, <clears throat> Big Hill in Winnipeg gets to, gets to A-gap blitz a, a ton we, as we watch it. So I, I look at that and go, well, your tackles were kind of half on run plays, half on pass plays. I feel like... And tell me if I'm wrong, in Calgary, you weren't asked to blitz a ton and you were just responsible for cleaning things up, if, if that's the right term. Just, hey, we need you to get a stop. Other guys might get the quarterback, but we're going to need you to, to protect us in this area. Is that, is that fair? Uh, yeah, it's fair to an extent. Uh, I'm not, I wasn't really a big blitzer in Calgary. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to blitz, you know, uh, but I just, you know, I just don't think that he had me blitzing a lot uh, for – you know, whatever reason, which is fine. But, um, yeah, I would think my role is, you know, I just, you know, I just make plays. So, you know, I make plays, and I, I feel like I have a, high, a very high motor. 
um, you know, I pride myself in conditioning and um, just running to the ball, relentless pursuit and effort. So yeah. there's not going to be a time on film where you see me ever walking or jogging. I'm full throttle, all game, all four quarters and overtime. So, uh, yeah. Well, and and having you, having you say that and seeing that on film and watching the way that you would get off offensive linemen who are coming after you, I feel like you could be a good blitzer, but they just did, it was just they didn't ask you. It's not that you wouldn't be good at it. They just didn't have that in their defense. I feel like that's that's what I would uh, that's what I'm thinking is going to be in 2022. Like that's what I'm thinking the riders get. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, whatever they ask me to do, I'm ready for. So he did ask me, you know, about the blitzing, and I told him, hey, like. You know, I love the blitz. So if you want to blitz me, <laughs> let's blitz. And let me get out. Let me get out to the quarterback and show that you know I can blitz and I can rush and you know I can do everything. I can pass drop. I can drop into coverage. I can cover man to man. I can drop in the zone and yep. I can tackle. So you know, I, I think of myself as you know a humble man. But when I get on the field, I'm I'm confident. And I think you have to be confident to to lead the league in tackles. You know. Well, and I have to I have to ask you the, about that as we talk to Darnell Sankey. What's the feeling when you come off the field and you've you've had twelve tackles in a game, which you did twice last year? Are you are you beat up? Are you ready for more? Like, what's a twelve tackle game like? Because that is a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a lot. Um, it's it's better when you win. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> you know, I think that one of the games we lost, if I if I'm pretty sure. But uh, it's a great feeling, you know. I mean, it's a great feeling. You feel accomplished. But when it comes down to it, you know, I just want to win. So, uh, you know, that's the number one feeling. And then I'll look at my stats afterward and, you know, and I'll take a look. And But if you lose, it's all pretty much all for nothing, you know. Like, you didn't win. But you didn't, you didn't get the ultimate goal. You didn't get what you worked for all week, you know. I mean, great, you can run around and get tackles, but. You know, uh, there was a couple times where I, I I came out the field in those twelve tackle games, and I missed a couple. Right. So you know, you would think like I would have really had fourteen, fifteen. I missed a couple, you know, and I missed you know some opportunities to make big plays. So I think it could have been even more, which I feel like as a player now, you know, I'm I'm learning the game even more in the CFL, and I think that it's just going to be even amplified this season. Well, I, I love hearing that because that's I'm always striving for better. It may have been a great game, but I'm always striving for better is kind of what I take away from what you said there. Exactly, 100%. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Uh, Darnell, what do you know? We presume the lineup will be you in the middle, uh, Micah Tights back at the weak side, and Derek Moncrief coming back from the Elks to the Riders on the strong side. What do you know about those two guys? And if it's currently not much, how long do you think it'll take you to get to know what, what those two dudes are about? Uh, I actually had a conversation with Moncrief the other day on via Instagram. Uh, you know, we just had a good talk, you know, talk about the defense, and I've never met him. But, uh, you know, we're both, you know, new signed guys, and I guess, you know, uh, highly looked after free agents, and mm. we had a good conversation. And, uh, you know, I haven't talked to Tykes yet. I'll, I'll get in contact with him at some point if I can. Um, I also heard about, uh, I think his name is, Larry Dean. Yeah, Larry Dean is, uh, um, was a to... multiple all-star who uh, tore his Achilles last season. Sheesh. Yeah, I know. That's, that's a very rough injury. So I wouldn't wish that on nobody. But um, as far as I know, I think he's healthy. I think he'll be in, in camp. I, I'm, I really don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't really asked how much. I just, I'm just reading. I'm just based off what I see just on the roster. and You know, but uh, I mean, for those of us who will be, you know, playing and, you know, if it's me and, Moncrief and 
uh, types, then, you know, I think we're going to be, you know, a close-knit group. You know, I think uh, I've read a lot about them. Um, I know they're ballers, and, you know, I'm a baller too. So I'm excited. I, I think the expectation, well, frankly, doing a radio show, I know the expectation is, ooh, the Riders, the Riders have the best linebacking core in the Canadian Football League, and you are the <clears> man <throat> in the middle of that. So uh, I, I can't wait for May, Darnell, to see what you look like in green, man. Uh, congratulations on the new deal. Uh, I'm excited to have you here, and, and thanks for being with us on the show today. Hey, thank you so much. I'm excited to be part of Riderville, 100%. Is the Riders' middle linebacker, Darnell Sankey. Nice enough to join us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Dinner time, game time, anytime. It's a great time to order Western Pizza. Ask your local Western Pizza location about their specials. 431, Farhan Lalji slides in next in the cage. Four thirty-three at the club. I'm feeling it. Yes, I'm too old to feel it, but I am feeling it. Kyron Moore, number 85 in your program, tweeting earlier today. Clayton, are you prepared for this? Sure am. Uh, Swerve, who uh, tweets at Moore of Kyron, quote, he's back, fours up. So he's changing to the number four, which, one, it's a new number for Kyron Moore, and two... That was Paxton Lynch's number, so I feel like there may be a double message within there. I don't want to steal your thunder here, bud, but I've got even more breaking number news. All right, uh, let me let me pretend. In my mind, I'll do a breaking news stinger and then say go. Go. Duke Williams is wearing number five this year. There, well, we knew that. Come on now. No, he just tweeted it out. Yeah, yeah, but he'd had a, he'd had a conversation. He had a conversation with uh, Purifoy on Twitter. I'm ruining this for everybody, by the way. I, I need, now need to backtrack. He tweeted at Purifoy that he freed up that number five, and Purifoy's like, yeah, yeah, we, I appreciate you taking it, bro. So uh, It's not official until it's on the Twitter, bud. To it's be not fair, official until it's on the Twitter. I blew that one. That one's on me. Shaq Evans, number one. Kyron Moore, number four. And uh, Duke Williams, number five three single digit receivers in the same, in the same core. So now Schaefer Baker needs to take uh number 9, number gosh, what else is available? 6 is gone, 7 is gone. 2? Micah Johnson wore 2. Number 2 is available. That's all right. That's a bad receiver number. Number hey, 2. Corey Grant was number 2. Hey, there you go. Good points. Good points. Very <laughs> good counterpoint. Let's go to the traditionalist among us, uh, Farhan Lalji who uh, hates the thought of athletes taking uh, uh, college athletes taking money for sponsoring pizza chains, and he wants them to be uh, forever subservient to their masters. Uh, I oh, maybe wow. overstated. Maybe overstated. Okay. What well, do you think I... about single-digit numbers for receivers? Well, I wore number one, so I, I love wow. single digits for receivers. It was it was high time the NFL made the change and allowed that to happen too, because it's if you think the number adds to the brand, good on you. I mean, I remember Deion Sanders when the NFL wouldn't let him wear. A single digit, so he wore two in practice and had his, uh, you know, whatever number he had to wear in a game. And then he, you know, usually was twenty-one, but I think that changed from time to time as well. So, yep. um, yeah, good on you. Damn right, you wore number one back in the day. Of course, you score, you point to yourself. There you go. You gotta love it. Uh, you're you're still in L.A. Yeah, well, yeah, uh-huh. I, I um, I'm in my hotel room. I've been hotel bound for the week. I got down here and. Uh, tested positive for COVID Monday morning. So uh, so here I am, symptom-free, but hanging out on a beautiful balcony talking to you. That's, uh, well, that's, uh, 
first part of that sounds pretty all right. You're, you, but everything's you're feeling okay. Everything's good on that front. Yeah, you know, I had some mild flu-ish symptoms that began when I was on the flight on Sunday night, mm-hmm. and those were still there Monday morning. And I tested really by Monday afternoon. I was I was feeling fine. Like I'm, you know, I might sound like a little bit stuffed up, but on a scale of one to ten, it's it's a one. I, I could go for a run today if I was allowed and wouldn't miss a beat. The only interesting part is so below below my hotel room. I'm on the third floor, so below my hotel room. Um, is where the pool and the hot tub and, and everything are, right? So right. The, the hot tub is almost directly below me. So, like, a naked guy got into the hot tub yesterday. Oh, no. And I think Kara Wagland was quite offended, so she tweeted about it. And then one of our production people went to the manager and said, could you do something about this? So they gave him, a, they gave him his uh, shorts and said, could you please put these on? So he you know, climbed out of the hot tub with no clothes on and then <laughs> proceeded to put on his shorts. You know, and all, all the time I'm thinking, wow, James Duffy made his way down here. Exactly. You can't take him anywhere. He's just letting it fa- foot loose and fancy free. My uh, goodness. Yeah. All right, let's talk about some CFL. Uh, you reported earlier today, honestly, I'm surprised at what the Argos are paying Andrew Harris. Yeah, I'm a little bit surprised. Uh, and, I, and I say that not because I don't think he's capable of, of being that guy. I just don't know that the market was there that would drive the price to that amount, right? And I think that's even a little bit more than what he made a year ago, uh, even on a prorated amount from, from Winnipeg. So, look, you know, as I've said in some of the hits that I've done, you can certainly make the case that Andrew Harris has had a lot of miles on him, that he's going to be 35 years old before the start of next season. And, you know, that's well past the running back's best before date. And, they shouldn't pay him that much. And um, you, you can make that case. And certainly I wouldn't have, and that's not because I don't believe in the player. It's just the circumstances around the player. I would create a contract that would create some incentives to allow him to get to that number based on the number of games that he plays. Because I think some people would feel that, hey, you know, for a guy that that age, bring him in, sure, but manage his load. Mm-hmm. But if you bring him in at 165, now you're saying you're the starter. And I know they've got DJ Foster there, but you're essentially committing to changing the ratio. And if you do that, you're not committing the, – the, the expectation is that he play 18 games, right? So certainly, you know, I don't think that's necessarily the, the best way to, to handle that situation. And, again, it's not a shot at Andrew. I still think he's got some good football left. He showed in the playoffs last year that he's got some good football left. But, you know, does he have a, an 18 or potentially a 20 or 21-game season in him at this stage? I think that's a tough ask. So I certainly would have looked at restructuring. And, again, I, you know, I know what Edmonton was looking at, coming in at. Okay. You know, and I know that BC and Saskatchewan gently kicked the tires, but there weren't big offers made there, right? So I just I'm surprised that the number went where, where it did because nothing necessarily drove it to that amount. One sixty-five uh, in in all, you reported including forty k up front, and I, I don't want to say this is a I don't want to cast this as a, as a miss by the Argos, but do teams it, it, within your reporting do you do you stumble across teams that kind of miss the market on guys very often? Yeah, it happens. You know, I like I, like last year, you know, I, I was critical of the Lions for spending what they did on Lamar Durant, right? And, you know, right. uh, younger general manager, his first signing, local guy. You know, you kind of read different things and different types of value into a player depending on, uh, you know, what your situations are at that time. But, I mean, you know, you certainly you've got a young executive team in Toronto, but you've also got Jim Barker, who's a pretty savvy veteran guy, right? And so it would certainly be easy to look at Andrew Harris and just – use the name and and say, oh, it's Andrew Harris. We get a chance to get him. And, and you know, I, I get it. But I always say, and I, look, I said this to Wally the day he drafted S.A. Mrabere, right? And, I, and I'm and i like, doesn't matter how good you think a player is. You know, like, it's where the market demands he goes. 
Right. So if you are the only one that thinks he's a top five player, uh, who is it? Who's the old lineman from um, Alberta? Cole something or other that uh, Brock Sunderland took last year in the first round Cole of the draft, or it might have been two years ago. Oh, what are you doing, Nelson? Yeah, yeah, right. Like, yeah, like no, and I'm not again not criticizing the player, but nobody else thinks he's going there. Same thing with SA when he got drafted. Yeah. Nobody thought he was going there. Yet you took him there. Like you could get that guy in the second round, maybe even the third round, right? Yeah. Um, even again, you know, uh, uh, the quarterback. Uh, where was uh, Nathan Ork taken last year? Uh, in the second round or eight, two years ago, I should say. Eight, I think uh, 18, Herbie was still 19, the general yeah. manager. Love Nathan Rourke. No one was taking him above round four, right? So it, it really is not about what you think of the player. It, it's about what the market conditions demand. And I think that happens in drafts, and I think that happens in salary. Well, yeah, the Las Vegas Raiders under John Gruden were the absolute pinnacle of that. Like, ah, this guy's a third rounder, but we like him, so we'll take him at number one. This Alex Leatherwood. Yeah, he's trade, the, f- trade the pick then. Like, trade, trade the pick, move yeah. down to the second round and take him in the second round. Well, if that's your guy, yeah. if you're Cole Nelson, if that's your guy, like, trade the pick, get value, move down to the second round and take him, because no one else is going to. Take, in the, take the guy you like next best, knowing that you can get even better value in the next round. Yeah, it's, it's a real hole, but they – they put, play it off as, oh, we got the guy we wanted, so we're, we're happy and not realize, ah, you left a $20 bill laying on the table. He's Farhan Lalji at TSN with us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Uh, Trevor Harris, you also reported earlier today, uh, 125 grand potential to be more with incentives. Are you surprised he's back in Montreal? Well, I mean, really it comes down to what your options are, right? Now, I was surprised that the Al's downgraded from Matthew Shilves to Dom Davis. Right. Um, you know, and maybe you can say that he's got more of a skill set similar to Vernon Adams. I don't know. Right. So uh, that was a bit of a surprise to me. Um, I think this does make sense. Mm-hmm. But truthfully, it was the same contract that the Lions offered him. Right. And really? you know, I, I think. They, well, yeah. And they kind of oh, went wow. back and forth a little bit in B.C. And then I think in the end, I think there was a feeling. My understanding is there was a feeling where the Lions kind of just became less and less comfortable as to how Harris would fit because I don't think he had completely wrapped his head around the fact of not being able to compete for the starting job with a guy that has got such an unproven track record like Nathan Rourke, mm-hmm. right? And I, I can get why Trevor Harris would feel that way, that how could you not let me compete with this guy? But ultimately, the club gets to decide what their roster is going to look like and what the pecking order is going to be. So if the club says, look, we are looking for a veteran mentor that can be an insurance policy and we'll create the contract accordingly, that's up to the team. Now, the player doesn't have to accept it, and ultimately he didn't, right? Whereas if you put him in Montreal under the same contract, he can probably accept that, okay, Vernon's your guy, Vernon's had a bit more mileage, and, and Vernon's getting paid 400k. So we get that, and now he could come into the locker room on a much smaller deal and and be good with that and be better in the room. Whereas if he thinks, look, I'm making way more than this guy, and you're screwing me because of my contract, then how the hell can you not let me? You know what I mean? Like yeah. the dynamic of backing up Nathan Rourke is a little different than the dynamic of backing up Vernon Adams. So, um, you know, I think the Lions did kick the tires. They wanted to go there, but as the process continued, they got less and less comfortable with the feedback they were getting to make them believe this is not going to be a good fit in our locker room. Whereas, so, so they went with Michael O'Connor and that's, you know, that's a bit of a leap, right? Like there's no doubt as much as I like Michael, that's a leap. And I'm, you know, Isaac Carker's got a little more tread on the tires, but it's not exceptional. But mm-hmm. for Trevor Harris, you know, at that point, like where else are you going to go? Right. I know Toronto is mildly interested and, you know, but ultimately that's the type of contract you're now looking at, right. With a, 
uh, a relatively low base and some incentives that if you wind up playing a lot, you can earn a bit more money. Uh, Clayton Croker, if you were Trevor Harris, which one would you have chosen? I honestly would have said BC yesterday, but looking at it now, I mean, if they're not sold on Vernon Adams, Vernon Adams is one of those quarterbacks that does get hurt just kind of by his playing style, right? He runs around. Trevor Harris, I think, kind of made a smart move by staying in Montreal. Yeah, see, I don't agree because I think if you're Trevor Harris and you want to reclaim some value, like Nathan Ork likes to run around. That was the signature of his game in Ohio, and Nathan Ork's not proven. Right, And you can yeah. debate what you think of Vernon Adams as a player, but he certainly did something uh, two seasons ago to earn the contract he did for last year. Right, So to me, if I'm Trevor, if I'm Trevor I want to go to a place where I've got the best chance to get on the field. And if, if Nathan Orr struggles early because he's a young guy, um, they're going to Harris. BC, in my opinion, and again, I really think Nathan Orr's going to do well. So I, like, I'm, just, I'm trying to separate the context from the player. I think Nathan Orr's going to do great and, and hit it out of the park. But if I'm on the outside of that and, you know, I may not know the situation as well as like someone like me who's been around the team a lot, I would look at that situation and say, that's where I want to go because that's the most tenuous situation. Right. Um, and yeah. again, from Alliance perspective, that's what they wanted to do. But as they went through the process, I, I just don't think they felt that Harris would have been a good fit in the room, given how he viewed the situation. He is Farhan Lalji at TSN with us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Uh, I didn't report this, but you and I were texting uh, about this. Uh, there was a report in advance of free agency uh, from – it was quoted from Terry you're gonna, Jones. You're going to text that I told you on Friday that Darnell Sankey was going to be a rider. Right? I don't know what you're talking about on that front. I, did, I absolutely did, but I kept it to myself <laughs> because I did, that's your scoop, and I didn't know if you what you wanted to do with that. So I keep your well, secrets, Well, and then brother. I got scooped because of the time zone, right? Because I, like, I, I woke up too late. Yeah. So I, it, it got out earlier. <laughs> I keep your secrets, man. You in the hot tubs, you that's do. all secrets. That's that's never yeah, getting out of here. It's in the vault. Um, th- there was the report that uh, Dion Lacey was going to make two hundred fifty grand from the Elks. And not, we, not even close. Yeah, we were, we were roundly – I just wanted to, to circle back to that because we were roundly laughing at that would be an incredible number, and I encourage Chris Jones to pay it to Dion Lacey. But you found – that's not the, nearly the case, you're saying. Not even half. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, which uh, – uh, honestly, I would love other GMs in the West to dramatically overpay for players. Like, if you had a receiver you wanted to give three hundred grand to, please do that because that, to me, just just benefits the team I root for. Yeah, but ultimately that drove your price up on Duke Williams to two sixty. True. Yep. It it did. Right? But... The receiver market went a little wacky. Um, I, I think the Elks did it, the Lions a massive favor, and I tweeted as much. Like, I looked at two fifty on that, and I'm thinking, okay, I, like I know you have it to spend, but. Is that how you want to spend it, right? You know, and, and like certain teams were in a tough situation because half the teams in the league felt they needed an upgrade on one or both lines. But on the offensive side, those guys just weren't out there, right? Yeah. So when I looked at the Lions taking the Lawler thing to 250, I'm thinking, oh, boy, this isn't good because you're spending a lot at receiver already and you have good receivers. So, you know, why do you want to take them all down a rung? And now you've not only reset the market for a receiver one – you've reset the market for receiver two, three, and four, right? And so, you know, I think that's dangerous. So, so they did, you know, that drove it up. And then in the case of Edmonton, they had to, they went to 300 because they didn't want to pay a signing bonus, yeah. right? Whereas BC's was 250 with a signing bonus. So that jumped up and, and then the Duke Williams deal followed that one. So I don't, I don't know that it's sustainable. You know, people want to look around and say the biggest thing that screwed the market up was BC because they weren't paying a quarterback Yep. And Ottawa, because they basically gutted their roster down to the studs and were essentially an expansion team, right? 
with a clear bank book. Uh, you know, and, and Edmonton, to a point, wasn't that different, right? But here's the other thing that people don't give enough credit to, and that is that last year the GMs had that little handshake agreement that they were going to operate at the salary cap floor. Right. Well, this year everybody's operating at the salary cap ceiling. So that's a $600,000 gap. So everybody had money to spend, those teams more so, but everybody had money to spend. And there were a lot more $150,000 contracts given out. And so, so you know what, I, I just don't think teams necessarily felt the stress across the board, even though there were two to three teams that drove it up a little bit. Oh, I I love how BC, from a whole whole board perspective, I love how BC played it. Because, hey, we already got Lucky Whitehead. We can drive the price up on other people. Obviously, a, a secondary benefit to actually getting the guy they wanted. But if you drive the price up on other guys, that's going to make their teams worse. And your team will be just fine because they got back their guys. I, I I enjoyed watching that and at least the, the spin that I was able to put on it in my mind. So uh, BC made this a, a ton of fun. Farhan, thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Uh, be well and enjoy the Super Bowl, man. Who's your pick? Oh, I want, I want it to be Cincinnati. Let's say that. I want it to be the Rams. Okay. And the Rams are better, but I'm having a difficult time picking against Joe Burrow. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Zinger, who do you want? Who do you want? I want Cincinnati, but I think the Rams are going to win. Clayton, who do you want? I want the Rams. Matt Stafford deserves one. I want him to to kind of YOLO a couple interceptions out there and I want I Aaron want Donald Mar- deserves one. Aaron oh, Donald yeah. deserves the ring. Yeah, he might be the greatest defensive player ever when he's done, so a ring would, would sit real nicely there. Thank you, brother. Uh, appreciate you, and, uh, yeah, great to hear you're doing well. Thanks, guys. Take care. Farhan Lalji, TSN football expert. Nice enough to be with us on the Western Pizza Hotline. This segment for Nick's service in Emerald Park, your local Massey Ferguson, Challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent dealer. Call 781-1077. Next, your text on where are the holes in this rider's lineup. It's coming up on the cage. Sports ticker, CFL signings on Wednesday. BC Lions have signed now former Riders quarterback Isaac Harker. Harker spent the past two seasons as Bajardo's backup here in Saskatchewan. Now he will be in the same QB room as Nathan Rourke and Michael O'Connor in BC. The Riders, they have signed six foot five Canadian wide receiver Wesley Lewis. Lewis was a fifth-round pick of the Red Blacks. In 2019, the Alouettes have signed a one-year deal with quarterback Trevor Harris and have extended the contract of American defensive lineman Amando Sewell. That made official today. The Ticats have signed defensive end J.R. Tavai. Tavai started nine games for BC in 2021. And linebacker D.J. Lalama is continuing his playing career, signing with the Stamps on Wednesday. And the Regina Pats, WHL, and the community as a whole were Saddened to learn of the passing on Wednesday of former Regina Pats forward Brad Horning. Horning passed away Tuesday evening following a brief but courageous battle with cancer. Horning was to turn 53 years old this coming Sunday. Sports ticker for Bronco Plumbing and Heating where professional service is guaranteed. They'll treat you right, 781-2090. An inspiration for many, many years. Passing away much, much too soon. From the text line, we're wondering about where you think the holes are in this Riders lineup. Uh, who do the Rough Riders have at running back, and are there any prospects for the tackle position? I feel like those are going to become uh, ones we talk about. As of right now, just looking at the depth chart, running back, Jamal Morrow, Shamar Moreland, 
Keenan LaFrance. Of course, Keenan is a monster on special teams. And Jonathan Femi Cole uh, drafted 20 or 21, but this would have been uh, the rookie year for him. So not super deep. I believe Marcus Murphy is is free to uh, anyone who wants to to bring him in. But that is the uh, running back position. Tackle is Taryn Vaughn, Andrew Lauderdale, Natai Rogers, the guy they picked up before free agency began, late of the Ottawa Red Blacks, Kajan Armstrong and Tommy Champion. And Clayton, uh, those are the two spots on the offense that that I wonder are they going to are they on the search the riders for someone else i don't know about running back i think they're going to roll the dice on keenan lafrance i kind of hope they do uh, at least for the first couple games right and then maybe go look for an option somewhere get a veteran guy in there but um if they if they haven't gotten a running back yet uh, maybe they're just going to stick with the guys right now maybe You've convinced Jeremy O'Day with all your running back bashing. Maybe right? you finally brainwash the higher ups to to ditch the running backs. Get to get me some Jamal Morrow. Give him the give him the ball a few times. Throw him some passes, some swings. Let him pick up some blitzes. Uh, let's do it. Ryan and Lloyd says O line, quarterback, and running back. Quarterback or backup quarterback? Which one? Where where are you concerned, Clayton? If if at all. I'm not too worried about the quarterback position. I know people have kind of soured on Cody a bit, and I don't know yep. why. Uh, it's kind of like Nickelback. It just seems like it's the cool thing to do in Rider Nation to hit on Cody Fajardo. But I, I, he's tough, and who else Who else is out there that's better than Cody? That's the thing oh, I keep coming back to. Everyone's nobody. complaining, oh, we don't have a quarterback. Who else is better than this guy in the league? Who else is more proven than him, right? Like, he was the 2019 West Offensive Player of the Year. So... I don't know how do we improve at the quarterback position. At backup, absolutely. Matt Nichols is a name that's been thrown around, like a veteran guy who could maybe get in there. But uh, I think they just need another, just another name in there. I think you can't go into camp with just Mason Fine and Cody. Yeah, they'll they'll bring in at the very least some young Americans from the uh, from the negotiation list. You would think, but yeah, do they go out and try to find a guy with some CFL experience? Uh, will be something we're watching for. Jared from Saskatoon says, get us another high-caliber offensive tackle, and I'll be very happy with this free agency period. I trust our scouting for defensive line and running backs. Zinger, you know my absolute love for Micah Johnson. Yes. Losing Micah, really, it changes kind of, in my mind, the tone of that defensive interior while losing Micah, losing Mac Henry, who is off to the Edmonton Elks, where he'll be joined by <laughs> Stefan Charles of the University of Regina. That announced today. Um, it changes the tone of the interior because you had this guy who had the brute force, had the finesse part of it. Now it, it, it you're, you're more to the brute force kind of guys and not, not the master tactician that a guy like Micah Johnson would have been. So it's, it's different. From Micah Johnson to another guy, it's not going to be better because yeah. I, you know, what I think of Micah. And not only at tackle, like Jonathan Woodard's gone too. Like it's yep. all over the place on the D line. So I think any reinforcements, if you will, were would be well welcomed on the D line. Brian says O line, D tackle, secondary, and Canadian depth. We're not yet talking about the secondary, which I think Clayton we thought was a strength going into last year with Marshall Ganey, Adam Purifoy, insert name here. Uh, what we thought was going to be Lacombo or whomever that might have been. Uh, right now, Marshall, Adam, question mark at the half. Is it going to be Webb and and uh, Jeremy Clark at the far side? And Moncrief, 
three pieces of that I am so I am absolutely sold on. Uh, the other three are are guys who are in their second year or absolute question mark at that field side boundaries or pardon me boundary side halfback spot. I'm not as worried about the secondary as I am about the D line. Like we're losing okay. pretty much everyone on the D line, right? AC Leonard sure coming back, but. Uh, other than that, D-line got dismantled, and it's kind of the one thing no one's talking about. I mean, you got uh, you got some of the secondary coming back, right? Nick Marshall's going to be back there. Excited to see LaCombo, too. Again, Saskatoon people know this LaCombo kid can play. Yeah. Uh, he was the Huskies' defense. This guy is in, he's insanely talented. I think he's going to be an impact player for the Riders this year, barring that he's A-OK from injury. Uh, I am a little worried about the secondary, but not that much. I think LaCombo is going to be a big, big, big surprise for Ryder fans, and, and he's Canadian, going to be a ratio breaker. It's all riding on LaCombo, I think. I think a lot of pressure is going to be on him this year. Yeah, he's he's got an opportunity, right? And if, if LaCombo's back, Godfrey Onyeka is back, you have two Canadians. You need two if you're going to start one, and the Riders have put themselves in a position to do just that. Keep shooting it to me. Areas of concern for the Riders this season. It's only day two of free agency. Still plenty more to come. What do you want to see them add from here on in? 306-936-6262. If you miss any of today's show, the Sports Cage On Demand is available for the Canadian Brew House. Winter wonderful feature dishes are available now at the Canadian Brew House. News is next on 620 CKRM. Five oh seven on a Wednesday, the sports cage on six twenty CKRM. The text line three oh six nine three six sixty two sixty two. It's powered by Capital GMC Buick Cadillac, Saskatchewan's number one dealer GM dealership. Let's go to Whitewood and talk with uh, Braden M of Team Dunso. What's going on, brother? DT, how are we? I'm I'm doing well. I'm a little warmer than the last time we chatted, so um, I'm doing great. My goodness, we need to talk about that skin. Uh, <laughs> How do you say it? Moscowie, Moscowie. I feel dumb for doing this on the air, but I'm, I'm never sure I get it right. I'm pretty happy with both of those. As long as you don't call me late for supper, I'll take Moscowie, Moscowie. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard her butchered pretty good. So those are, those are both, <laughs> uh, both accurate, and I'm happy with both of those. So you, you nailed it. All right, let's, let's go with that. Uh, tell me about being a part of that Skins game on Saturday, playing on the ice at Mosaic Stadium. That was, uh, you know, now we've had a few days to kind of, um, to chat about it and look back. And uh, I think we can all, all agree that was one of the coolest things that uh, all of us have ever done in, in curling and just one of the most fun fun times we've ever had uh, curling. It was so different. It was uh, absolutely no shots made on, on our end and we could barely stay on our feet, but it was just uh, such a unique experience. And we got so lucky having a great day and a ton of people and friends and family and supporters out to watch us in Cooey and uh I can't uh, can't say enough about the folks at Frostfest and Real and Brandt and Carpet Superstores and Agromax that put that on for us because it was an absolute blast. How many times? Because I saw it twice, but how many times did Dunstone slip and fall? I, I saw Dunstone down on his back twice at least. It yeah. could have been more. We'll have to check the game footage. But uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty funny when you know you see guys like Matt Dunstone and Kevin Cooey who have 
you know, pretty much won everything there is to win in this game that can barely stand on their feet there. I think I think a lot of people got a good kick out of that and enjoyed it. And uh, I think uh, people enjoyed watching us miss every single shot we threw, too. That was, that was well, something maybe a little different and, and kind of cool and, and quite funny, I thought. Let's be fair. By the fourth end, um, there were some shots through ports that I didn't that were not happening in the first three ends. It seems like you guys got used to it after a bit. We're uh, we were slowly starting to get yeah. the hang of it, I guess I'll say, um, as as we went and uh, started to figure out. But uh, yeah, no, all things considered, it was it was awesome and, and such a blast. And uh, yeah, it was nice to make make a couple of short shots towards the end of the game there. And they let the crowd on the one side just be right at rink side. That must have been so cool. So cool, and and like everyone I've talked to that was down at the rink just loved it because mm-hmm. I mean you know you don't get that experience right, and it w- it was really cool for us you know having people right on top of us you can hear every word they're saying and yeah it was just so fun I mean I I've obviously I'm born and raised in Regina and I've spent my whole life here and uh, never thought I'd be crewing at Mosaic Stadium that's for sure so that was uh, pretty darn cool and uh, we are we are lucky guys to uh, have the opportunity to do that. That's for sure. I asked this to Colton flash yesterday, if they do it again next year and they, they knock on your guys' door and go, Hey, will you do this again next year? What will you say? Instantly. We, uh, you know, we're, I think we're already um, petitioning to uh, hopefully get back in the game as the defending champions is (laughs) is our angle we're taking anyway. So yeah, yeah, it was awesome. And I, and I think I I heard, uh, you know, CFL, there's different places all across the country, you know, um, McMahon Stadium, I'm not sure about Winnipeg, but they, they were uh, calling uh, during or before the game and, and uh, kind of asking, how do they do something like this? So I think that'd be really cool if it was something that kind of caught on across the country and you could, you know, have a few different outdoor curling games going on uh, across the country on Curling Day in Canada and CFL stadiums. That'd be really, really something cool. Plus, if there's a giant check that says 21500 bucks on it, uh, I think that'll yeah. draw some attention too. It doesn't hurt when, uh, yeah, you get to play for a few bucks like that and nice. walk away with with the big Happy Gilmore check. That's always fun. Uh, Braden Miscali with us on the Western Pizza Hotline. You guys are, your first draw at the Tankard is tomorrow. Uh, as of foursome, how do you feel? Yeah, excited. Nervous. We haven't played in a while. It's, uh, you know, it's good to get the, the band back together. And, uh, I mean, this is, uh, we were talking about it on the drive up today. This is all four, all four, all five of our favorite events of the year you know there's there's no money there's no second place there's no third place it's just you're playing for pride for saskatchewan to go to the briar that's that's why we all started curling to play in the briar for saskatchewan to win the briar for saskatchewan so um i I would say we're just excited more than anything it's uh you know this this feeling of the provincial championship is is just so much different than any other event like i said there's there's nothing for second place so Mm -hmm. it's the most exciting event of the year and uh we love playing in saskatchewan obviously so it's another opportunity to do that just a couple hours down the road from home so i I think we're just excited we're we had some great practices over the last two weeks we had a little training camp in regina and uh we're excited and ready to go. Is the feeling as you chase a third briar as a, as a team, is the feeling any different from when you were chasing the first one a couple of years back? I don't think so. I mean, I think um, obviously the confidence is probably, you know, a lot higher. Um, we've over the last, you know, three, four years now as a team, we've, we've played in a ton of big games together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've, we've had a lot of highs, a lot of lows. We've, We've been through a ton as a team, and uh, we're, we're, we're a super tight unit. And uh, I would say that's probably the biggest difference than, 
you know, year one or whatever. Um, you know, we've just come and progressed a long way as a team and uh, we're really happy with where our game's at and we're excited to get going this year. But it's it's still that same feeling. Like, I, I don't care if it's your first green jacket or your 10th. It's uh, it's the best feeling in the world and uh, not, not much can top it. Probably not much other than hoisting that Briar trophy, I guess. Yeah, I, c- I could only imagine... Uh, when I look at the field, I think, well, if, if this isn't Dunstone flash in the final, something's gone horribly wrong. When you look at the field that's there and the teams you'll have to compete with, uh, wh- what do you think? Well, I mean, I, I would say obviously with the schedule that ourselves and Flash play and, um, you know, playing a, a few more high, higher prolific events, um, obviously our, our name brand is a little higher, but um, we know a lot of the teams in this field can beat our team and Flash's team on any given day. We've, we've seen it before. Um, you know, the Hart Tongues, the Jacobsons, Clyder's making making a name for himself, uh, obviously with his junior career and coming up and Kelly Knapp and, you know, there's just... Sean Meacham there's there's a lot of very good teams that maybe don't get the national recognition because they don't get out and play as much in the big events but um, these are very good teams make no mistake about it and if you don't play good when it comes down to one game they, they can beat you at any time um, so that, the focus isn't so much for us on the other teams it's um, you know taking care of our own business and just you know, facing the rocks that are in front of us. Uh, we like our chances if, if we do that and we play well. But that being said, um, it's it's not as simple as, uh, you know, hey, Colton, see you in the final on Sunday. That's for <laughs> sure. There's a lot of there's a lot of really good trailing teams here. And, uh, you know, we were one game away from elimination two years ago. We were, I think we lost the A, a semi and the B semi and or the B final. And then we were two back in the C. So we had a long road to go to get, Mm-hmm. get through this thing and and i suspect it'll be just as difficult this year and uh we're, we're excited for that and that's 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 what makes it fun i, I want to ask you uh, as we talked to Braden muscow i want to ask you about the end of the olympic cycle but i want to bring in clayton croker if he's got any questions well i just have one Braden. i've always wanted to ask a, a vip curler this question um like <laughs> well, during big events VIP curler, but oh come that. on buddy come on i'm gonna pump your tires for a bit here um yeah. like during big events televised events in particular like how hard is it not to do a broom throw or a broom smash because <laughs> football and hockey like it's loud no one can hear you you can you can get the rage out with some f-bombs or a stick smash no one notices no one cares in curling it's so quiet and all the eyes are on you they notice and it's a huge deal how hard is it to just keep your composure out there well, I'd be sitting here lying to you, Clayton, if I told you I hadn't lost my composure in Bangladesh Bruma in my day. Uh, that's for sure, especially in my younger days. That might have been had a little bit of a temper on me. So it's definitely <laughs> not easy, but it's a bit like golf, like that, right? Where it's 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 referred to as more of a gentleman's sport, I guess. And I mean, you do your best not to do it, and and you don't see much of it, to be honest with you. But uh, don't get me wrong, the temptation is always there, especially in a game that you know you miss by a millimeter or two can be the difference in winning or losing that that can be extremely frustrating and aggravating to be completely honest with you but uh no it's i think it's i mean as much as anything this game's about controlling your emotions and uh that's something you know we talk a lot about we've got sports psychologists who helps us do that so we do our best to keep the the broom bang into a minimum but uh you know everyone's human the odd one here and there everyone's competitive and uh wants to win right at the end of the day but uh no you don't see it too 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 often i think everyone's doing a pretty good job of keeping her in check (laughs) 
you've curled all over the province. What are, what are some of the smaller towns that have a, a great curling rink slash curling lounge combo? Like, what are some that just the memories come back right away? Oh, well, I mean, I got to give a shout out to our, our friends in Wadena, Saskatchewan. I've got of a course. great little rink out there with, you know, great bakery that we've mentioned many a times and uh, set up there. Um, but actually, um, you know, I've got some family here from the Broadview, Whitewood, this whole area. So this is kind of, uh, you know, my dad's, my dad's side's from out this way. And so I've got, you know, my mom's side's got family here too. So it's, um, it's, this is kind of like a second home, I guess, for, for myself and my family out this way. So we're excited for this week. I've definitely spent some time in the Broadview Curling Club and the Whitewood Curling Club before. So, um, familiar with that and uh yeah we're just like, super excited to be out this way there's nothing better than than competing in small towns saskatchewan you know the hospitality you get the, the fans the crowds you get it's it's awesome and and we're just so pumped to not only be in small town saskatchewan competing but to have any fans watching we haven't we haven't done this in a while so it's it's great to have full fans back and and we're looking we're really excited uh, to play in front of them and and hearing some people in the stands the Wadena Club gets a lot of love, DT, but just 10 minutes down the road, the Quill Lake Curling Club. It's a little hidden gem of a curling rink, man. The Quill Lake okay. Rink. you got some good times there, man. Quill Lake, we go to the senior Quill, to Quill Lake Coast Tournament every year. Oh, it's a, it's, 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 it's a gem of a rink, man. Gem of a rink. Like a gem I'll have to check out one of these days. What, uh, as we talked to Brady Miscawi, what, what was uh, Kirk Myers telling me on Saturday? The donuts in Wadena, is that right? Yeah, that's right. The uh, Boston, the Boston Cream, Creams, the world-renowned Boston Cream Donuts from the Wadena Bakery. But hey, I got to uh, I got to give a quick shout out. My cousins here run the only Broadview Bakery, and um, I have been sampling a bit of their uh, pastries, and uh, I think they are going to be in the running as well for one of the top bakeries in the province here. So everyone, check out the Broadview Bakery when you get a chance. I love it. I love it. Uh, Braden, uh, best of luck starting tomorrow. We're, we're rooting for you guys. We hope it's a, a great tournament all around and everybody gets out alive and perhaps three straight Briar uh, appearances for you guys. Well, I appreciate it, DT. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we can put together a solid week and uh, put that green jacket on on Sunday. There would be nothing better than that. So appreciate you guys having me on and uh, looking forward to getting going out here tomorrow. All right. Best of luck, man. Braden Muscawi, the third for Team Dunstow. Nice enough to be with us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Dinner time, game time, anytime a great time to order Western Pizza. Ask your local Western Pizza location about their specials. The text line, 306-936-6262. Give me whatever your equivalent find of the Wadena Bakery and the, now the Broadview Bakery. Give me your equivalent of that. Where do we got to go in the province to try what food stuff? I want to know. It may be in town here. It may be up in Toontown where it's what? Number number one noodle house. That's the place downtown, right? Oh, yeah. That's so, oh, my gosh. That 2019 training camp, I, I wanted to live at number one noodle house with that robot cutting noodles. It was fantastic. Give me your equivalent because I'm, I'm making a list here. Once they said Boston cream donuts in Wadena, I, I started thinking road trip, Clay. They're real good. Uh, I, we play, uh, me and my high school buddies, we play in the Quill Lake Colts Senior Hockey Tournament every single year. It's one of those high school traditions we've been doing for like 12 years now. We have to make the 15-minute drive up to Wadena every single year just for these donuts, man. The Wadena Boston Creams, they're like a, it's like 
it's like an urban legend in Saskatchewan, almost. Like It's like a little insider that people have talked about it for years and decades, the Wadena Boston creams, and right. everyone's like, okay, how good can they really be? And then you eat one, and you're like, yeah, okay, I- I'm coming here every couple months to get these now. Well, because Zinger, I-, I hope you're with me on this. The big donut chains don't do great donuts anymore. No, they do no. not. No. Right? No. No. So you need to go to – whenever my wife and I go east, we stop at the bakery in Indian Head because they do – got to buy them in a pack of like six with some twists. They do, they do a fine donut, and that's what a donut is supposed – it's supposed to taste like something. And even like just your regular grocery store around the city has better donuts than – yeah. You know, absolutely. Any small yeah. town bakery, any small yep. town bakery is going to be good. Just guaranteed. If you walk into a small town bakery, you're going to have something delicious. One hundred percent agree. It is five twenty one. Ian McMillan at five thirty. Pat Star, Connor Bedard at six oh five on the Sports Cage. Afternoon rush at five twenty three. The Montreal Canadiens have fired head coach Dominic Ducharme. The Habs, they've allowed thirty three goals in their last five games. A franchise record. And have just 23 points on the season, the worst in the NHL. Canadians have named Martin St. Louis their interim head coach. Canada picked up two more medals on day five of the Beijing Olympics. Speed skater Stephen Dubois captured a silver medal, said it right, in the men's 1500 meter. And Marietta O'Dine picked up a bronze in women's snowboard, uh, snowboard cross. So uh, Canada has eight medals, one gold, two silver. And five bronze. And curling Canada, Brad Gushu, he opened up the Beijing Olympics with a nice 10 to 5 win over Denmark on Wednesday, DT. Let's go to the phone lines. Adam and Theodore. Adam, what's out your way that the what's the food stuff out your way that someone's just gotta try? Well, let's face it, I mean, I don't know if I'm allowed to have them anymore because our team is playing them in senior B provincials uh this weekend, but Wadena definitely has the Boston cream donuts you're looking for. Uh, they are insane. I mean, they, they're, they're definitely worth the two-and-a-half-hour trip from Regina. Let's put it that way. Like, are they fatter than, like, a, a, a Horton's donut? Like, I'm assuming they're, they're big and bulky and, the, and that the, what is it, pudding filling is just right. Just, just perfect. I mean, there's nothing that you could ever pick out on that donut that's not good. Uh, real light, but, like, real light uh, sort of uh, – uh, donuts, but yet it has that uh, cream filling and the outside uh, oh. uh, dip on them. It uh. just you got to try one. They they are incredible. The other place though, if you got to go for dinner, go to Kenora and go to Wong's Cafe in Kenora. Okay, so if we're way out, we're we're out uh, northwest, northern, western Ontario side, northwestern Ontario side. Okay, or wait a minute. No, 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 Sorry, no, 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 Kenora, Saskatchewan. God, I blew that one. Just let's let's go back to the beginning. We'll <laughs> we'll edit that part out. Why I was thinking Kenora, Ontario, I have no idea. But tell me, tell me about it. Well, you know what? They have this combination plate, and I mean, if you can finish it, you've done real well for yourself because there ain't too many guys that can. And some of the best Chinese food, of course, is in small towns, and yep. that one there is just something else yeah when we drove from toronto moving here uh we every little town had a chinese food restaurant and every time we stopped it was terrific absolutely all right where adam where are you with what how the riders have done so far in free agency 
You know, there's, they've done some right things. I mean, they've increased the uh, power out of their linebacking core. Moncrief was a huge signing, especially with the loss of Dion Lacey. The one part, though, that I'm still very concerned about for the Rough Riders is the offensive line, yeah, uh, especially the Canadian content in it. I mean, there are some options still there, but it's starting to get a little bit thinner as, as this goes along. Uh, the other concern I have is they didn't get to keep a lot of their defensive backs that maybe one or two of them they should have probably looked at keeping. Yeah. But there are some guys that prove that they can start playing in this league. So you're going to have to rely on the younger guys again. But my biggest concern is still that offensive line and the Canadian content in it. Yeah. Uh, so far, Brett Boyko unsigned. The starting three plus Josiah St. John are back. Guaranteed to be back. We're, uh, I think as Rider Nation, we're kind of hoping for a little better from the protection for the quarterback for this coming season and room to run for the running back as well. Adam, thank you, man. I appreciate you. Not a problem. Thanks. Adam and Theodore with us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Here's the here's problem, uh, Clayton. I just look at this free agent market and I go, well, if the BC Lions are taking a run at Jamar McGloster as they signed him today, there just were not a lot of game-changing offensive linemen that felt like swapping teams this year. That's the thing. Like, Cordy got picked up. Cordy was a big name that was kind of out there. And other than that, it was yeah, it was kind of an off year this year for yeah. CFL offensive linemen. And usually, like, that's the one position where it's the hot market, right? Oh, where's this guy going to go? Where's this Canadian going to go? Usually that's the big-name Canadian market. But in today's CFL, you know, more receivers, more game, more game-changing kind of guys are Canadians now. I also just want to give a shout-out to the town of Theodore. Uh, that's where Adam's from. Go Buffs. Warren Shimko. Uh, he's in net. I think uh, Saskatoon guy as well. Shimko, light it up. I used to, I got my start in radio in Yorkton. I coached football at the high school there. and they were, There were some kids from Theodore on our team. Uh, the best kids around. I've never met a bad person from Theodore, so shout-out to the town of Theodore. Love it. Uh, love it. Uh, you're off to a little Blades action tonight. I'm the annoying guy on the microphone at every single Blades game in between the whistles with the T-shirt gun and stuff. So, yeah, go Blades, go. Kyle Krinkovic, pumped to see him. He's second in WHL scoring. So if you ever want him on, I, I got I got the hookups, man. I got the hookups. <laughs> it wouldn't be a week on the cage without the Kyle Krinkovic update. I love it. He's the most underrated player in the league. Trey Fix Wolanski just scored for the Columbus Blue Jackets the other day. Yeah. This guy is Trey Fix Wolanski 2.0. If you go back and see Fix Wolanski's dub tapes. Uh, Kyle Krinkovic, same league, same style, same everything. Uh, this guy, no one's talking about him for some reason. I don't know why. Did the, did the wire transfer of my 20 grand make it to you yet? No, let's oh, okay. go double or nothing for Saturday because the, the Blades are going to clean your guys' clock again. Boom, 20 grand, Zigger, mark it down. <laughs> this is absolutely serious. We're Checks betting large mail, sums of money. Uh, the team I would be betting on has lost six consecutive games. Uh, Clayton, thank you, brother. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Go Blades, go. Clayton Croker. <laughs> Mornings with Stacey and Clayton on 96.3 Cruise FM. It is 529. Ian McMillan, senior editor of BetSided, talks the best golf tournament of the year and Super Bowl. His bets, his best prop bets. We're going to swap ideas on those coming up in the cage. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, money, money. money, 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 money. 5.32. <laughs> On the sports cage, Zinger, you will not believe who I bet to win the Grey Cup today. Do I guess? 
not yet. Okay. Just kind of roll that around in your mind, and maybe we'll drop it off, and if perhaps Ian <laughs> McMillan can get it at a very good price. Uh, our gambling guy, Ian uh, Ian McMillan, the senior editor of Betsided, with us on the Western Pizza Hotline. What's going on, brother? Not a whole lot, man. Biggest week of the year. Very, very excited oh. for the Super Bowl this weekend. Oh, man. There are so many bets to get in on the Super Bowl so far. How many do you have right now? Are you, are you doing something special for Betsided? How many bets do I have locked in right now? Yeah. Uh, 22 prop bets plus my <laughs> bet just for the game. So 23 total oh. as of right now. <laughs> oh, man. So jump on him on Twitter at Ian Bets, I-A-I-N-M-A-C, uh, and bets. Uh, let's start with the Super Bowl, but then also we should touch on the fact that the greatest golf tournament in the history of golf tournaments is on this week as well. When you look at this matchup, the Bengals and the Rams, uh, I was asked earlier, who do you think is going to win? And my answer is I want the Bengals to win because I have no idea where to go with the rest of it. When you look at the spread, you look at the money line, you look at the over-under, where are you riding with for the Super Bowl? Uh, yeah, I'm on the Rams, and I locked it in uh, the, as soon as the lines were released when the final conference championship game was over. I think the Rams are the easiest bet to make in recent Super Bowl history. Now, I will say nothing's ever a guarantee. The Bengals could easily win this game. A lot of weird things happen in one game. Um, I don't want anyone listening to this just to go run and bet more money than you should on the Rams. But the Rams are, in my opinion, far and away the better football team than the Cincinnati Bengals. Everyone's falling in love with Joe Burrow. Um, and I, I, I love Joe Burrow as, as much as the next guy. I was on the Bengals to win against the Titans. I was on the Bengals to cover against uh, the Chiefs. But um, I wrote an article last week explaining why I think the Rams are such an easy bet. And I laid out 12 different stats that I think are the most important when evaluating how good a team is. The Rams have a significant advantage in, in 10 of those 12 stats. Uh, and the biggest thing is obviously the pass rush. I mean, the, this is yeah. a Bengals offensive line that gave up nine sacks to the Titans. Now, they got kind of lucky, and they faced the Raiders and the Chiefs, the other two teams in the playoffs, who are amongst the worst pass rushes in the NFL this year. So now this is a team that, that gave up nine sacks to the Titans, need, needs to face Aaron Donald, Vaughn Miller, the Rams pass rush. And not only is the Bengals pass protection weak, where they're weakest is their interior offensive line. And now they have to take on probably the best defensive tackle in NFL history. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a long one for Joe Burrow. I'm on the Rams big in, uh, in, uh, in the Super Bowl. The Ramsey at minus four, as I look at this particular book, is any of that also, I mean, do you factor in them playing in their home stadium? Does that come into your decision-making much? Uh, it doesn't actually, okay. um, because I mean, the Rams to begin with, don't really have a good home field advantage. I mean, if there's any advantage is the fact that they're, that they don't need to travel or they can just sleep in their own bed. But other than that, I mean, it, and it's also the Super Bowl. It's not like it's going to be, you know, jam packed with only people from Los Angeles cheering for the Rams. There's going to be, uh, people from all over the country at the game. So I, I, I don't think in terms of the fans that are there, I don't think the Rams are going to have an advantage. So you think this is an easy bet at minus four. If, if someone's contemplating tailing you on this, would you advocate pushing it out to say minus six, six and a half? Or, are you, or do you think four is a good number to roll with? I did put a little bit extra on an alternate line of minus six and a half, and I think it was around plus 125 for a little bit better value. So. Yeah. Uh, I thought about minus nine and a half. I didn't get quite that aggressive. I'm going to stick to my minus four and then a little bit on minus six and a half. But then at the end of the day, the Bengals could win this game. If you want to cheer for the Bengals and you just want to bet on the team that you hope's going to win, go ahead and bet on the Bengals. It's, it's hard to argue against Joe Burrow. 
uh, with how well he's played lately. God, you know it's the Super Bowl when I click on this site and I can get the Rams at minus 27 and a half. <laughs> yeah, maybe stay away from that one. That'd be, that, that's a little bold. <laughs> they just they just want your money however you're going to do it. And if you like 15 to 1, Zigger, can I interest you in the Rams at minus 27 and a half at 15 to 1? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. That's, that is absolutely terrific. All right. Uh, so you're on the Rams to win the game. I assume that would guide you in any choices you might make for Super Bowl MVP. Yes. Um, and I went a little bit more of a long shot on Super Bowl MVP. I usually do. I don't take any of the obvious choices. Uh, so for my Super Bowl MVP, I actually took the Rams running back, Cam Akers, oh, uh, at 35-1. to one. I did not expect that. Please please defend that sprinkle at 35-1. to one. So, yeah, so a few reasons. Number one, the, the, Bengals, the weakness of the Bengals' defense is the run defense, one of the worst run defenses uh, in the NFL, 24th in opponent yards per carry. Um, and I think the Rams are just going to attack that because Sean McVay, the Rams coach, even said over the past few weeks that uh, he blames a lot of the interceptions Matt Stafford is throwing on the fact that he's kind of forcing them to throw when he shouldn't. And uh, Sean McVay said they just want to kind of get back to the basics, run the ball, establish the run. Um, and what better time to do that than in the Super Bowl against one of the worst running defenses in the NFL. And if I think the Rams are going to win big, if they get up early and that run attack works, they're just going to keep pounding the rock. I mean, if they run early and if they go up by a score or two, they're just going to keep running. And, I mean, if Cam Akers finds the end zone, you know, two, maybe three times, I think yeah. that might be enough for him to win MVP. He hasn't looked great recently, to be fair, since he's kind of come back from injury. Oh, yeah. But they've played a lot of really good run defenses. The Bucks are one of the best run defenses in the NFL. The 49ers had a great run defense, so... Uh, he hasn't had kind of the, the matchups uh, work in his favor recently, and I, I, I think this one does. Uh, the prices I pulled, Matt Stafford, the Rams quarterback, plus 125. Joe Burrow, the Bengals quarterback, plus 235. Cooper Cup at 6-1. to one. Aaron Donald at 10-1. to one. Jamar Chase at 15-1. to one. I actually thought you would say Aaron Donald because, I mean, like you said, they are super strong where Cincinnati is super weak, defensive line to offensive line, and, and a couple of sacks, but – it's it's such an offensive driven award that it's I don't know I don't know if ten to one is enough for me to take Aaron Donald. Well, that's exactly it. I mean, I I think Aaron Donald certainly has a chance for the reasons I pointed out earlier, but I think the value's gone at ten to one. Uh, I think he opened up more at around like sixteen to one, eighteen to one. That would have been a little bit of a better play, but at ten to one for a defensive tackle, even one as good as Aaron Donald to win uh, Super Bowl MVPs. Uh, the yeah. price isn't good. If, if I were to go a defensive player on the Rams, I might go Vaughn Miller, who's already won a Super Bowl MVP, did it with the Broncos, and he's up at 35-1. to 1. So if you want to go defensive player, I think he's a little bit more of a value play than Aaron Donald is. Ian McMillan, the senior editor, bet-sided with us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Zinger, you're my guy for rap music. So uh, halftime show first song. Uh, California Love, the next episode, Family Affair, Still Dre, Lose Yourself by Eminem, Nothing But a G Thing. Drop it like it's hot. Ooh, Forgot yeah. about Dre. This is a very good question. Uh, I like Forgot about Dre. I like I like Eminem's part in that one. Bum, 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 yeah. bum, bum, yeah. Would be a very cool way for them yeah. to all walk I, out. I, I, that's my that's my pick. Yep. Uh, Forgot about Dre uh, going off at nine to one here. California love would seem to be the one. So it's two and a half to one because the game's in California. Uh, Ian, are you a rap guy? Do you have any uh, insight as to what might be the first song for the what's going to be an incredible halftime show? 
Uh, I didn't bet on that. My guess would be forgot about Dre. Oh. Um, I did bet a little bit of a weird prop bet for the halftime show, and it's for Snoop Dogg to wear blue shoes at <laughs> plus 220. <laughs> How's that for a prop bet? Okay, how did you come to one it, for folks who aren't necessarily uh, exposed to Super Bowl gambling, yes, it does get that ridiculous. But two, how did you come to Blue Shoes being the call? Well, Snoop Dogg kind of likes the color blue, let's say that. <laughs> uh, I, w- I, I wouldn't bet on him to wear red shoes. Um, if you're picking up what I'm putting down at all, I think blue shoes is a good bet at plus two twenty. Oh my gosh, Mary J. Blige shows cleavage during show minus two sixty five. <laughs> These are amazing. Sensor beep using during used during halftime show minus one sixty five. This is incredible. There's this is. I mean, I don't even know if there's another sporting event that could match the Super Bowl when it comes to gambling. You would know better if something comes close. The only thing that comes close is the first round of March Madness. That's that's kind of number two in my books. But nothing comes close in terms of the weird and crazy props that you can bet oh. on. Like you can bet on the color of the Gatorade dumped on the you know the winning coach. The the, the most one of the most popular bets of the entire year is how long the national anthem is going to be. By the way, I'm on under one minute and forty seconds for that. So uh, <laughs> this is why I have twenty two twenty two different prop bets placed because there's just too many options. It's too fun. I love it. I love it. Uh, some some actual props from the game. I I love. Uh, how about Cooper Cup over eight and a half receptions? A guy who they will just never stop throwing the ball to Cooper Cup this season. Double digit targets in 16 out of 20 games. I've seen some seven and a halfs, but then you're paying significant juice. Eight and a half at minus 114. I, I got to believe Cooper Cup. There's no reason for me to think that Cincinnati can do something to change Cooper Cup. It's hard for me to argue against that. I will say I'm on Cooper Cup under 107 and a half receiving yards. Okay. Um, yep. I think it does just kind of come down to kind of, you know, like kind of I, I kind of imagine how this game is going to go and then base all my, all, all my bets based off that. So I do think the Rams are going to run the ball quite a bit. If they do take the lead, there's going to be less passing opportunities, uh, less uh, targets for Cooper Cup. So uh, I'm on his under receiving yards. So I guess we could both hit. We could both we could hit the over receptions under receiving yards, but. Then again, it's 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 hard for me to argue against any Cooper Cup over because he's just looks so good lately. Oh, he's just fantastic to watch. And the other one I would like would be Jamar Chase to score a touchdown. I I saw it last at plus one ten. I I might just be hoping, honestly, I might just be hoping. But I just love I just love Jamar Chase so very much. And if somebody's getting the end zone, okay, it may well be Joe Mixon to start with. But Joe Burrow knows where his bread is buttered. Yeah, I like that. I'll tell you, a little sneaky uh, touchdown bet that I placed is Matt Stafford uh, to rush for a touchdown at 11-1. to 1. He, The Rams are a big QB sneak team. Uh, they sneak the ball all the time. They did last week, and it was like a yard. It's like fourth and like a yard and a half, and they still uh, ran a QB sneak. So if the Rams get down to the one-yard line, the you know, the six-inch yard line, the one-foot yard line, uh, I think they're just going to sneak it in with, with Matt Stafford. So at 11-1, to 1, I think that's a sneaky long shot bet. That's that sounds like terrific value. Yeah, no, I would, I would absolutely uh, hit with it on that one. So uh, if you want Ian's 22 bets, check out his content. He's pumping out on Twitter and at BetSided. And uh, Ian, you're you're also my uh, golf guy. The Waste Management Open is this weekend. I God, I love that tournament with all my heart. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a bucket list tournament for me to go to because for for those who don't know, uh, the 16th hole at the Waste Management they set stadium seating up around it and it just gets rowdy. It's the only hole 
on the entire PGA Tour schedule where the golfers actually ask the crowd to get loud right before they shoot. Uh, usually it's the complete opposite. So it's complete mayhem. All the big names are in it. Um, I'm going back to the same guys that I bet on all the time. I've brought these guys' names up all the time when you have me on. Mm-hmm. I can't quit betting on either of them. One is Xander Shoffley at 20-1. to 1. <laughs> His style, <laughs> I bring up him all I the time, but coming. his style of play fits this course well. And the other one's Corey Connors, the Canadian. I, I can't quit betting on him either. I don't know if there's two golfers that have lost me more money in my betting career than Xander Shoffley and Corey Connors, but they're two very good uh, ball strikers, and that's what this course is all about. So uh, those are probably my my top two picks, but, I mean, those are uh, – I'm, I'm playing the hits this week with my golf picks. Did Shoffley win a tournament that you didn't bet on him? Did he screw you like that, or am I making that up? He won the Olympic gold medal, and I didn't bet on him, and I'll, I'll, I'll never forgive myself not for, not for betting on him there. Every other time you're on Sander, but the, the time he wins. Because gambling can be just like that sometimes. Sometimes it just does you dirty. Uh, follow him on Twitter, at Ian Betts. He's with us every Wednesday in the cage. Thank you, brother. Enjoy the big game. Thanks a lot, guys. Uh, take care, and good luck with your bets this weekend. Uh, Ian McMillan with us on the Western Pizza hotline it is 5 45 and i promise zinger uh i would l- reveal to you the team on which i placed a bet to win the great cup this season oh my goodness and you can probably guess that i'm bringing it up to you at this moment you can probably guess who it is but don't leave the room afterward <laughs> i can't are we doing this after the break let's do it right now okay it's all about red blacks Yes. What 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 was the odds? Ten to one. Twenty-five to one. The and this this is the thing with the CFL, and this is why you, you join us on the cage. Um, you're going to find they don't necessarily know where the value is. So when you after like last season, you probably couldn't have got twenty-five to one out of me to them to win the Grey Cup. But look at the players they've added in free agency. They have a quarterback. They today got Money Hunter from Montreal, who I don't know why nobody wanted. Money Hunter moved to the boundary corner, allowed a completion percentage below 50 for under seven yards of target. That guy was a monster. They added him. They added Patrick Levels, Kwaku Boateng, uh, K. Devon Coleman, whatever. Jalen Acklin. Acklin, Darvin Adams. R.J. Harris. They got R.J. Harris back. They got William Powell in the backfield. They've taken, they've gotten four new offensive linemen, I think it is. Like, Shaq I, Johnson. I don't think in any way, they're not the favorite in the East. But 25 to 1 in a nine team league is is nuts when they look like they might be second best in the in the East. Wow. That's that's a crazy price. So as much as for the last the last two years, is it fair to say I've been pooping on the Red Blacks? Yeah, that that's to put it nicely, yeah. No. <laughs> I am not bi- I'm not biased against anybody. If yeah. there's good value on you, let's take it. And the that's Ottawa amazing. Red Blacks at twenty five to one in a nine-team league? Well, it seems like they actually want to like win games this year. You know, the last couple of years, they literally do nothing. And, yeah. you know, it's new new owner or not ownership, but new uh, management there now. Yeah, Sean Burke yeah. Uh, making things work there. 547. Pat Star, Connor Bedard at 605 on the cage. It's 548 with the sports ticker. BC Lions have signed now former Riders quarterback Isaac Harker. Harker spent the past two seasons as Fajardo's backup here in Saskatchewan. Now he will join the same QB room as Nathan Rourke and Michael O'Connor in BC. Riders making one signing today. They've signed six foot five Canadian wide receiver Wesley Lewis. Lewis was a fifth round pick 
of the Red Blacks in 2019. The Alouettes have signed a one-year deal with quarterback Trevor Harris and have extended the contract of American defense alignment Amando Sewell. Harris's deal is worth $125,000 plus playtime incentive bonuses that can reach up to $200,000. That from TSN's Dave Naylor. Sports ticker for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They'll treat you right, 781-2090. Let's go through this. Uh, to win the Grey Cup, Winnipeg at 3-1. to one. You'd bet it or you wouldn't bet it? No, there's no value there. Saskatchewan at 4-1. to one. I, I, I always like to bet on the Riders to win the Grey Cup, so yep. It's not great value, though, at 4-1. to one. Still. The Argos at 5-1. to one. Uh, Argos five. To, I don't really like that one, though. Hell no, no on that one. No. Hamilton at five to one. Yeah, let's see how I can see that. They but were they were in the great. How are the Argos year? five one? Yeah. Well, yeah. Argos won the East, right? Yeah. Well, they won the East in the regular season, so I assume that's where they're going. Calgary at seven to one. Yeah. It's not not bad value. Montreal at eight to one. Montreal eight to one. Yeah, that's kind of like in between, maybe. Yeah, I I just don't maybe I, don't I just don't enough. know. Uh, Toronto's. Toronto could finish fourth in the East, by the way. Uh, BC twelve to one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I might w- want to give that a poke, but quarterback. If I mean, you'll know within four weeks if Nathan Rourke can't do it. Then you're like, oh well, I burned that. I burned that twenty bucks. Yeah. But twelve to one for BC with what they're adding. Okay, Edmonton sixteen to one. I just think they have no no sh- no shot, but uh, yeah. you know I-, I think I just might stay away from that one. <laughs> the Ottawa Red Blacks twenty five to one. Yeah, the, uh, Ottawa and uh, that's a schmeckle. Ottawa and sorry, what was the one before that? Uh, Thirteen to one. B- uh, BC, BC, was tw- BC. Yeah. I like yeah. Ottawa. And, I like the Ottawa and BC one, and I also think uh, Calgary's at seven to one. I think you said is decent. If you want to, you know. Lay a ten dollar bill on that or something. They locked down their free agents, and they got Reggie Bagleton might be the best bargain in the entire Canadian Football League. Yep, at one hundred and sixty-five grand, half of what, almost no, just over half of what Kenny Lawler is going to make. Yeah, that's craziness. Remarkable. Uh, just on the Ottawa Red Blacks front, because for two years I've said Ottawa is going to be terrible. There was the dead ass last year, <laughs> twenty nineteen. This year, uh. I fielded texts from Ottawa saying, what do you mean we're going to be that bad? No, you're, no, you're going to be bad. And they were bad. M- today, Money Hunter, Patrick Levels. There's your boundary corner and your Sam linebacker. Jalen Acklin. There's your number. Well, he's going to be your number one receiver. Is he a number one for another day? Shaq Johnson, Canadian talent. Ucombre Williams. There's your starting left tackle. Hunter Stewart, left guard. A guy I like has had some problems. Ty Cranston, safety. Jackson Bennett, Canadian running back depth. Levi Noel, interior uh, receiver. Darvin Adams, there's your number three receiver. R.J. Harris, your number two. Uh, do, 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 delete from retired, moving on. Delete from active, moving on. William Powell, lead back. Kwaku Botang, if he bounces back, he's going to wreck some dudes. Uh, Darius Sirocco, there's another offensive lineman, stealing him from the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Nolan McMillan moves on. This is all delete from actives. And, I mean, Jeremiah Masoli on his own. His jersey's hanging in the Red Blacks pro shop already. I'm looking at a picture of it. Number eight. Yep. That's awesome. All right. Let's hit up the uh, text line. Ken in Vancouver, uh, when asked about your concerns for the riders that remain after two days of free agency, O-line, punting, and Moss. Oh. Concerned about Jason Moss. Concerned about Jason Moss. 
one. Corey, Ved- Corey, Corey Vedbeck had a 75-yarder that went out of bounds at the five. I mean, what more do we need? Yeah. He said mildly sarcastically. Um, Maybe just Jason- a bit better performance in the cold weather in the West Final. Just, yeah. just throwing that out there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the Jason Moss one, though, is intriguing to me because um, it – it wasn't as good in 21 as it was in 19. Yeah. And one of the things that changed was the offensive coordinator. So I, I, I can believe it's out there. I interesting. Uh, Jamie and Moose Jaw talking about foods that we need to uh, hit up. Bud's barbecue in Ogama. Bud's I, I, barbecue. I was in Ogama for the pizza, which Jamie, I think is right up the street from the barbecue joint. We went specifically for the pizza and I saw a barbecue joint and I went, Oh, I got to get back to Ogama. Uh, Jamie says, unfriggin' real. I'm going to make a God bless the notes app in iPhones. I'm right? going to write some of these down just in case. I don't know exactly where some of these are located, but uh, who knows? Someday oh. Zinger might just take a road trip around town here. Yeah, we were coming back from Big Muddy and uh, just went through. My wife's like, we got to go through Ogama and try this pizza. Okay, cool. We're there. Uh, Ryan and Lloyd says Snow White Restaurant and Bigger for Chinese food. Or Hannigan's Pizza for... Oh, yeah. That sounds all about... Ryan, we'll meet you there if we do go. Oh, we got a second one for Bud's Barbecue in Ogama. Wow. Zinger. It has to be good, then, if it's multiple people saying it. I think we're we're going on a road trip, you and me. Let's see. Regina to Ogama. It is an hour and 16 minutes south of Regina. Oh. Easy like Sunday morning. Easy peasy. I love it. TC and Medicine Hat is on the Capital GMC text line. Uh, any thoughts on Ganey's replacement? Jonathan Mincy or Frankie Williams? I'm a big Jonathan Mincy guy. Ebbeton, when they brought Mincy in to pair with Jonathan Rose, I was all in favor of that. Is Mincy free? He must be, by the way you're asking that question. I am all about – there he is. Yeah, free agent. Uh, he was released. That's right. Jones cut him on January 27th. I'm entirely in favor of adding Jonathan Mincy. That's a guy who can be uh, an impact. And will they move a Canadian to? And Frankie Williams can help you in the return game too. So, if I'm you... down for any veteran there, to be honest. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Jim and Regina says we finally have a middle linebacker. I think we'll be okay up the middle. Jim, not a fan of Dion Lacey. Oh. Sounds like. Or just we. I, you know what? Jeremy O'Day thought he had the one, right, in Larry Dean in 2021, and, well, then the Achilles happens. When you think of the, the middle linebackers they've had, like Solomon to Larry Dean to Dion Lacey to Darnell Sankey. Yeah, it's pretty good. If if, pre- he, if you were to ask someone, though, would, do you want Dion Lacey or Darnell Sankey? You know, maybe it's just because Darnell Sankey let the league up last year, like, I'm picking Darnell Sankey. Nothing against uh, Lacey, but like we're talking to tackle leader. Uh, yeah, and you put him beside Larry Dean and Derek Moncrief. Yeah, that, <laughs> Micah Tights in the mix. That'll Still be the thing a bit to... more depth though, probably behind those guys. Well, and one of the textures pointed that out. Uh, concerned about the lack of Canadian depth at linebacker for sure. Yeah. When, when we're talking about best linebackers, I'm thinking of just the starting three and Tights, Sankey, Moncrief is. One or one A on linebacking cores, but you know the Herdman Reeds are still free. Uh, the Canadians that you know clean it up on special teams or fill in if Tights is injured. Herdman Reeds were out there in the West Final, right? So yeah. or uh, 
forgive me. I just saw the video yesterday. Jordan Herbin Reed, I believe it was. Still got the was draft, too. I don't know what the draft. So much still to come. Day two of free agency. The Riders adding Wesley Lewis on this day. And we heard from, and a little interview with Darnell Sankey in the 4 o'clock hour. If you want to go back and listen to it, we have it on demand for the Canadian Brew House. Winter wonderful feature dishes available now at the Canadian Brew House. It is 5.57. Connor Bedard's goal from the weekend. Wow. Great goal or the greatest goal? The greatest goal <laughs> in Regina Pat's history, just visually has to be like I people are thinking right now man this singer guy is crazy but I'm just saying I'm riding the hype train that goal visually when you look at it the eyeballs just like pop out of your head the guy he toys this guy his jock falls on falls on the ice okay and then you think that's the highlight alone but nope you keep watching you keep watching it and then the between the legs thing like and then I think Dante Dakari asked him about it uh and during one of the intermission shows, he said, like, what was going through your mind when when that happened? He's just, like, nonchalantly, like, oh, yeah, you know, it's just, like, you know, just... It's old hat. You don't think too much when you're playing. Just, <laughs> just amazed. Can't wait to hear from him after 6. I love it. 558 News is next on 620 CKRM. Feist off the boards to center. Now over the blue line, Bedard. High slot, drag. What a move, Bedard. Through the legs. Scores! What a beautiful goal by Connor Bedard in Calgary. Holy smokes. You have got to be kidding me. I think Dante DiCaria captured it quite well live here on our air on 620 CKRM at 604 on a Wednesday. And the young man behind that goal, Connor Bedard, is with us. Connor, thanks for your time this afternoon. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, please tell me about that goal and, and what it takes to score that particular goal. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of just, you know, got the puck and it was, you know, pretty clear one-on-one. So, uh, you know, just trying to make a move. And then, uh, you know, once you get around him, kind of the goalie was pretty far over to his one side. So I think going between the legs was kind of the best option to get it to the other side. And, uh, you know, luckily it went in. Yeah, that was the thing I wondered because I, we only saw the one camera view. I I wondered if oh maybe he doesn't believe he have a he has a the backhand is not available to you. Is that is that what you were seeing? Yeah, I think if you like uh, see the I've seen a few angles and the goal is pretty far over. So yeah, uh, just kind of trying to get it back to his his glove side and uh, you know I think that was the best option for it. It was it was pretty great. Uh, the thing that caught me off guard after the goal itself was. I don't know that you seemed like you were super impressed with it while the rest of us were absolutely flipping out. You seemed like you just kind of banged in a rebound, your reaction to it. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't think that, you know, if it's a, if it's a nicer goal, you, you really change the reaction. I think uh, I got a pretty greasy goal later in the game, and, and my reaction was a lot more. So it's kind of just the timing of the game. And, you know, obviously we were still down a goal there, so uh, you're not going to get too excited, but it was, it was uh, still pretty good to see it go in. Someone asked me, "Well, how does he? How does he think it's? How does he go between his legs in the middle of a game?" And I, and my response was, "I bet you he's been working on that for like in practice for for years." Do you, do you remember when you first would have tried the behind the le- the between the legs thing? I mean, I think like you do it a lot when you're younger, just kind of fooling around and stuff. And then you know when you have 
when you're really young, you have more time in games. You kind of you're able to do it a little more, but uh, just kind of you know going on the ice and, and having fun and, and trying yeah. you know that sort of stuff, and then uh, you know being able to incorporate it into a game. Well, and if you're like me and you remember hockey from 40 years ago, it it seems out it seems outlandish and it seems crazy, but honestly, w- when you break it down, you go if you have to get the puck to the other side, how how else are you going to do it? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's uh, you know, I mean, some people might say it's kind of a risky move and, you know, it's just kind of for flash, but I think it's uh, it's pretty effective, you know, like I said, when, when yeah. the goalie's that far over, it's pretty hard to, you know, not go through your legs and reach it to the other side. So it's, it's, I think it's a pretty effective move and, you know, it uh, I think it looks, looks nicer too. <laughs> it definitely looked good, and uh, I believe Dante is now has now finally recovered from calling that goal, and, and you broke his brain a little bit. Uh, that's uh, that was fantastic stuff. He's Connor Bedard of the Regina Pats. He's with us on the Western Pizza uh, Hotline. What's the last little stretch of the season been like for you? Thirty-four points by my count in the last seventeen games. Uh, yeah, I mean it's, it's definitely been you know a little. You know, it seems like the puck's been going in a little more for me. And, uh, you know, I think for our team team as well, we've been scoring a lot, a lot more goals, and, you know, kind of since December or so. So uh, just offense throughout our team has been uh, – we've been able to kind of score a lot more. At the... Where do you where do you feel like you guys are at? I know the results haven't been, haven't been going your way the last six games, but where do you feel like on this day, February 9th, 2022, where do you feel like you guys are at as a team? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of weird to look at that we're on, you know, a six-game, you know, losing streak because, you know, four of those games have been one goal. And, you know, I think three of them have been, you know, last-second goals that have kind of, you know, been, been heartbreakers. So it's been a bit of a weird stretch, and I think we're, we're playing our best hockey right now, which is which is weird to say because we are losing, you know, a lot of games in a row. So, But I think uh, if we can just kind of stick – stick with it and you know get get even better then we're going to give ourselves a good chance at uh you know playoffs interesting you say that what makes you say uh, you feel like we're playing our best hockey right now yeah i mean i think we're just uh you know we're, we're finally kind of getting what you know we've been preaching all year and you know there's always been you know at the start of the start of the year you know everyone's coming in with new systems and stuff like that and uh you know, you're trying to incorporate that new stuff and I think we're kind of be, being able to get that for, you know, almost 60 minutes. I mean, you're never going to play a perfect game, but uh, if, if we're able to kind of play our game and, and stick to that plan and uh, for, you know, as much time as we can, I think we've been able to do that, so it's been uh, pretty good. What was it like the first time I've had a chance to talk to you this year? Uh, the coaching change came in midseason. What, what are moments like that for you as a player? Yeah, it's definitely weird. I mean, uh, you know, obviously first year in, in kind of junior hockey, so you're getting used to, you know, people people getting traded, traded and that sort of thing. So, so you kind of realize, you know, it's, it's a business as much of, uh, you know, you're, you're playing hockey. So it's definitely weird. You know, we all we all really like Dave, and, you know, kind of see him go was was weird and it was upsetting. But, uh, you know, I think John, obviously, with his experience, has, has been great to uh, learn from, and I think he's, he's helped that team. What what is uh, what is John Paddock like as a coach? Cause we we get the interview John Paddock where he's very he's very low key. He doesn't reveal too much. What's he like in the in the in the room? He's he's really passionate. I mean, you know, like I said, he's kind of he's been everywhere. You know, he's coached in the NHL. He's been a GM, and uh, just just his experience, you know, for us is, is pretty huge. And you know, it's weird, but uh, you know, when talking to him, he's pretty quiet and. Uh, 
you know, pretty mellow guy, but he gets pretty intense behind the bench. So uh, it's pretty good. I think he can motivate us well, and uh, he's been really good for us. I feel like I, I wouldn't want to make John mad. I, I don't know him super well, but I feel like I don't want to. I feel like maybe something might bubble under there if I made him mad. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, even just, you know, most people know him as, uh, you know, the GM. You, you talk to him after you get drafted and stuff, and, you know, he's a guy you don't want to, you don't want to piss off sort of stuff. Uh, he's definitely, he definitely gets pretty intense and it's, uh, it's pretty funny to see sometimes. Uh, I, I, I like the thought of that from the, the coach of my team. He's Connor Bedard with us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Uh, also, uh, since the last time we talked to you, you were at the World Juniors and then the World Juniors just kind of stopped. Uh, where were you when you, when you learned that the World Juniors are being called off and, and what did you feel? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, we were we were at the hotel and you know we were playing germany that night so we were kind of just get getting ready to go eat and uh then kind of you know get get going to the game and then you know we kind of got called down for a meeting so we knew some something was up i thought you know it might just be you know one game and and then we would start playing again but um you know the whole thing got canceled so it was, it was pretty tough news you know for all of us and you know to hear that was it was definitely upsetting what was the feeling that you had for being there? Because I'm, I'm guessing it's been a goal of yours for quite some time. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, right from when you start playing hockey, it's, it's a goal to, you know, be able to, you know, represent your country at that tournament. It's such a special tournament, and there's, there's so much history there. So not being able to, you know, com- compete for that gold medal was, was definitely pretty tough for all of us. All right. Uh, the Pats host the Hitmen on Friday, then off to Saskatoon on Saturday. Uh, you, you've done the between the legs thing, the one that what Merrick Malik, I think, introduced it to us in the NHL. If you have that Ovechkin one where you're sliding on your back and you just hook it into goal, if you could pull that one for us, maybe that I, I think maybe that's your next step. Yeah, that'd be nice. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how that was even possible, but, you know, I'll do my best. I love it. Uh, Connor, thank you, man. I appreciate you giving us the time today. Uh, knock him dead on Friday. Yep, thanks for having me. He is the Pat star. Connor Bedard, nice enough to be with us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Dinner time, game time, anytime a great time to order Western Pizza. Ask your local Western Pizza location about their specials. Drag them way wide. Rip it. And and this is the thing, and I'm glad to, to hear Connor talk about it. For people who are kind of my age, Zinger, I can imagine you go, oh, that's just showing off. But honestly... If you are caught there, and like Connor said, the the open space is to your right, and you're about to be on your backhand where it's closed down, how do you get the puck back that way, mm-hmm. right? Without giving away, and, and still you have to deceive the goaltender in some fashion, right? You can't just cut back because the goaltender would just go with you, right? Right. I think so, it's a, something we, we would see a whole lot more, but it takes like a lot of talent for for someone to do that. So like, not any old player can just you know do that live in a game, right? So it's like if if you can do it, it makes yeah. a lot of sense, like you said, because how else are you supposed to get your stick in that position to get it over to that side of the net, right? Yeah. If I heard like uh, John Tortorella level curmudgeon go, watch, ah, just show, I'm like, okay, well, tell me how else he scores on that play, and you just go. You know what? That's a little different. Yeah. The the dunk used to be the evil of basketball, right? <laughs> but actually, a dunk is a pretty effective way to score a bucket. We all came to realize, though, <laughs> they banned it for a while, and, oh, that's just showing off. 
I mean, like, showing off is maybe like if you hang on the rim for like five, ten seconds, oh, but still like that. Chin-ups and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, like, I love that stuff, though. Like yesterday when Giannis Donkey hung on there for like ten seconds. Like, yeah. But uh, Trevor Zegras with, with Buffalo, right? Right. Buff- sorry, Buffalo Anaheim. Uh, I'll Google it up. But f- picking the puck up and flipping it over the goal or the lacrosse-style goal. You see the you lacrosse one like all the time now on different levels of hockey. It used to be really cool. It's so watered down now, though. I feel like. Well, that's why his his uh, lacrosse then flipped to Sonny Milano, yeah. who bats it in. You're like, oh my gosh, that's amazing <laughs> now. But the goal is to get the puck in the net. Like, yeah. who honestly, if anyone cared, uh, the Anaheim Ducks. I, I had that wrong in the beginning. Uh, if anyone actually cared, like, oh well, that's not how you do it. Well, it is now. If it works, it sure is now. Think about what what do you think goals are going to look like 25 years from now? Like, imagine the evolution of what can players come up with? Because if you were to, like, show someone, like, in the 60s or 70s, some of the goals that are happening right now. Yeah. So it's, like, 30 years from now, it's, like... You kind of think to yourself, nothing more can be done, though, right? Like... There, someone will find something, right? Because you'll have a guy like and, and Connor is exceptionally skilled. Let's not kid ourselves. But there's probably a couple more guys who are there's there's probably a bunch of guys who are trying that in practice. Mm-hmm. And there's probably a couple guys who might be able to pull it up, pull it off, at least get the shot off in a game. You have to be you have to be pretty good, but you have to practice it. And pra- and you know you're on the ice, you're you're on the, your backyard rink, you're just fooling around, and then all of a sudden you go. I try this in the game one day and then you just yeah. do it and then boom you make the highlights you're on sports center you're going to be a 10-time champion on sports center and like and, the and, toe drag before the goal too like not every player can do that toe drag yeah <laughs> there's like a number of layers to that goal there but uh i'm trying to think well think of what mahomes did in the nfl yeah. right well that's just showing up well it works <laughs> it, it it sure is working and now more guys are doing it and it just takes steph curry with the with the logo with the logo jumpers from thirty feet. Yeah. Well, well, that's showing off. Actually, it wrecks. It absolutely wrecks teams because they now have to defend that space. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's. Imagine what when Connor is uh, when your age or when Connor is my age, what the what the what the exceptional player in the WHL is going to be doing at that time. It is absolutely crazy. Again, Pats. Friday, they take on Calgary. Saturday, they're in Saskatoon. Both broadcasts right here on 620 CKRM. Dante DiCaria, they're both 7 o'clock starts. Is that correct? I know for sure the one on Friday is. I, th- I think Saturday as well. Both yeah. 7, so 635 Dante DiCaria with the pregame show. It is 617. More CFL talk, more riders talk, more of your text next. Six twenty on a Wednesday. Six twenty CKRM. All the news pouring in. Former MLB player Jeremy Giambi passes away at the age of forty-seven. He was at his parents' home in Southern California. Six seasons in the majors with the Royals, Athletics, Phillies, and Red Sox. Played over five hundred ten games. His brother Jason, of course, was the baseball player uh, of that time. But yes, Jeremy Giambi. That's a shocker. Passing away at the age of forty-seven. More shocking and zinger because it's about your team. Um, let's let's do this step by step. 
firing Dominic Ducharme, the Montreal Canadiens today. You were talking to John, the Habs fan, earlier. Uh, surprise, not a surprise. No, anytime you give up 33 goals in like five games, whatever it's been, least amount of points in the whole league. I mean, what else can you do? I I know like the upper the upper management they're they're feeling the pressure to do something. So no, I think it was just a matter of time before Dominic Ducharme was gonna. I thought he was gonna last the re- remainder of the year, but yeah. I mean, he gone. And the, then the move didn't catch me <laughs> off guard, but when I looked up their record and saw eight. 30 and 7. Yep. That caught me off guard because am I am I dreaming or weren't they in the Stanley Cup final? Yeah, somehow. Okay. I think All right, confirm. Sometimes I like to think it was a dream because you know that was But yeah, the Canadians they're worse than the Arizona Coyotes. They have less points than <laughs> yeah. the Coyotes do. Well, and the Coyotes are a bad yeah. hockey team. So not a surprise that Dominic Ducharme gets fired. How in the name of all that is decent and holy <laughs> do they choose Martin San Louis to be their interim head coach? Martin San Louis, who when you plop him into Google and go, what's he been doing since his career and his hockey career ended? Uh, you see named special teams consultant for the Columbus Blue Jackets in 2019. And he is the head coach of one of the most beloved franchises in the NHL. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I I sound like an idiot when I talk about this, but I had no clue that Martin St. Louis was even with Columbus. I had no clue that he was a coach whatsoever. I had no clue any of that was in his life. And then when I saw the news come across the wire shortly after 3 o'clock today, Saskatchewan time, I had to like Google and be like, is this the same Martin St. Louis that played on the Tampa Bay Lightning? Yeah, which because, it is. Because... Uh, I, I don't know. I know he speaks French. I know he's French-Canadian, and I know the Montreal Canadiens, they, they like to have their coaches be bi- bilingual. So, Darren Drager, TSN, tweeting a couple hours ago, Martin Saint-Louis is a surprise hire to most, but not to those who know him well or played with him. Montreal needed change. Saint-Louis is an excellent communicator, fully engaged in analytics, and a qualified teacher on a short-term trial. This is a risk worth taking. Right, uh, you gotta note. Yeah, note the interim tag. It's not like they're. I bet they're. They want to see what he can do the remainder of the year, and then they're gonna readdress it at the end of the year. I guess you can be an excellent communicator. You can be fully engaged in analytics and a qualified teacher. I, you've not been a coach, really. Yeah. At the NHL level in Montreal, I guess what does Montreal have to lose, right? You're you're dead last. You're going to get the first overall pick or the top odds in the lottery. Why don't we try this? I guess. Yeah. Because I don't know. How I would much, like my coach to have you know. I don't know coached. how I don't know how much a coaching change is really going to help that team right now though. That's fair like, too. You know, like horrible roster. You know, Carey Price hasn't been there all year. I mean, forty goals in five games, whatever it was, crazy. Crazy. So Martin San Louis, the new head coach of your Montreal Canadiens. From the Capital GMC text line, Riker Matthews seems to be available. Is there a problem with him? Because he was highly regarded a year or two ago. Uh, Riker Matthews is a free agent of the BC Lions. The Lions, it was kind of a coup when they got him from Hamilton. I think at some point Hamilton just ran out of money in that offseason and had to let their left tackle go. And Riker was going to go in at right tackle for the Lions and fix that thing because 
as we saw, their line had problems. He suffered a concussion in game number one last year and didn't play again. He's only 29. Uh, you see him on Twitter doing his thing. If if his head like if his head is right and not in the figurative sense, but if his if he's recovered from his brain injury, the people should be knocking on that cat's door. Absolutely, he We're talking was about guys played quite a bit of football. He was nice in Hamilton. I really I really liked him in Hamilton and thought BC had fixed its problems when they went and got him. And we're going to go with Riker on the Riker Matthews on the right and Joel Figueroa on the left. Injuries got in his way. Uh, he is out there. Like mm-hmm. when we say there aren't a ton of offensive linemen out there, you have maybe the hottest free agent offensive lineman from the 2020 season. Oh, that I would never happen. I would love Riker Matthews. I talk about a guy who just lit it up with the Tie Cats, and then he uh, had a little cup of coffee with the Patriots, and then he came back to the Tabbies, and then like you mentioned, yeah, the BC Lions were excited to grab him, and then COVID happened, and now Riker is just kind of there and. Man, that would be a great addition for a Riders O line. That <laughs> I wouldn't. I don't want to see absolutely needs bodies, but let's be real here. Like we need, we need some offense alignment. Yeah, R- retire- starters, depth, you name it. Retirements and injuries hurt them on yes. the offensive line in 2021. If Taron Vaughn is back, good start. Where do you go from there, though? Um, Stanley Bryan, Jamarcus Hardrick, we're never leaving. Uh, Joel Figueroa was never leaving BC trying to think of the other premier tackles in, and they don't, Calgary is fine at tackle, but you weren't going to go get Neela Cassatati. He was not, that dude allowed a ton of quarterback pressure. Chris Van Zyl's not leaving Hamilton or the Southern Ontario area. Nobody in Toronto. I want nobody in Ottawa. You Combray Williams switched teams. Maybe that would have, would have been a guy, but he went to he, Ottawa, right? Yeah, yeah. He's, when I talk to offensive linemen, and especially ones who played with him, they go, that guy's the real deal. Sure, but when, when he's at center, he was great in Calgary. But when they when they pushed him out to tackle, he, he just struggled. Like, he allow, Ucombre Williams allows a lot of quarterback pressure when he's out at tackle. So it, if the Riders didn't knock on that door, I'm, I'm fine with that. Derek Dennis, that probably wasn't going to happen for the Riders. He ends up back with the Calgary Stampeders for the third time because that just seems like it's supposed to be. There just are not a lot of of offensive linemen that were interested in switching mm-hmm. teams. Um, just something do you take that... a run at Nolan McMillan, late of Ottawa, uh, because he has played some tackle in his time, but I think he played three games at tackle last year and 10 on the inside. Do you want to pay Canadian money or do you want it? Would you rather? That's where one of the Canadian money ones comes, right? Would you rather pay a Canadian offensive lineman or if you had to just take a risk on an American rookie? Hmm. Well, 200 versus 65. Yeah. Uh, when you're in a cap situation, you might want to <laughs> just take a look at the American. If you can squeeze it in on your, your ratio. And the riders clearly can because... O'Day set them up for the 2020 season on the ratio side of it. So if if there is a way that Riker Matthews is healthy and would be interested in coming to Saskatchewan, I would fully endorse that. Does that get Zinger? Can we both uh, agree that gets the sports cage seal of approval? Yes, just stamp it. And is it safe to say the Riders are gonna address the offensive line in, in the draft? I, I like first round, second round. You better believe there's gonna be a couple offensive linemen taken. No, I haven't really dived too much into if it's like a. Usually the the Canadian draft is usually 
you know, there's a lot of Canadian talent out there on the line, so we shall see. Well, here's here's where they're at. The starters last year, Furlan, Clark, Johnson, all back. Josiah St. John, regular the sixth man, he is back. Matt Riley was essentially the seventh it's man. a lot of Canadians. He is back. And Logan Bandy, who they drafted, got them got him later in the draft in 21, would you would presume is coming back to camp this year. So there are six Canadians to start with without even adding anybody in the draft. Mm-hmm. So there, there's a place to go. Um, but um, bump, 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 and people want to know about Brendan Labatt. I just, I don't, I don't see it. I've not talked to Brendan Labatt since his media availability before training camp this past year. I don't in any way believe he's coming back. I think he's, I think he's retired, and mm-hmm. I think he's going to the Plaza of Honor and the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. But I just don't believe that that's in the cards. So uh, there's six Canadians to choose from that we mentioned there. If Riker Matthews is available, because offensive line was a trouble spot for them last year, whether offensive line or protection, we could say it more generally with that, because you can scheme protection in different ways as well. That's got to be fixed with a gray cup. Yes, please. Confirmed gray cup still here in Saskatchewan. Yes, sirree. 629 tomorrow on the cage. Glenn Suter with us. Rash Madani, Marshall Ferguson breaks down free agency, low tide on the NHL and more sports cage on demand wherever you get your podcasts for our friends at the Canadian brew house and stick around for zinger at night.